ladies and gentlemen, get those dollars ready. Coming up next to the stage on the Other Ground Podcast, it's your host, Passive J and Ryan. Good afternoon and welcome to a special Fight Companion edition of Other Ground Live. Um, Passive J, uh, that's Ryan over there. Say hi, Ryan. Ladies and gentlemen, it is May the 30th. It is a Saturday. And as Jay said, we're here to watch people punch each other in the face. You got that right. <laughs> I see the OG army is forming up in the chat box. Always good to see you guys there. Oh, uh, yeah. As uh, we just said, we're going to be doing a fight companion for tonight's UFC fights, uh, which I believe are probably actually going to start at seven. So basically, we're going to do a normal show and then sit around and watch fights with you guys. Uh, which means I probably should have did some topics for today, but I was so focused on the fight companion part of it, I forgot about the first hour of the show. <laughs> so how'd your day go, Ryan? Uh, you know, not too bad. I was able to sleep in a little bit. I didn't wake up until about nine or so. Mm. Um, even got a slight nap in before this. One thing that was a poor decision is I did have some Mexican food while I was up. And with that, I have been shitting myself since. Oh, lovely. Yeah, I, as you know, I'm well uh, equated with uh, stomach issues. So I feel for you, my friend. Uh, yeah, I actually took a, a nap as well uh, for, because of stomach issues. Uh, my IBS has been giving me problems yesterday and bled in today. And I found when I'm lying down, it's a lot less uh, painful. So I lay down at like noon or 1230 and slept all like fucking three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> So did you go off of your diet or like what was going on? Um, like what's yeah, causing it? Well, I ate something that I thought was okay. And because since other things are okay. Uh, it, it, uh, okay. I, I had a Stouffer's French bread pizza yesterday. Um, Jesus Christ, Jay. Really? Yeah. Well, here's why. A couple weeks ago, we, we ordered cottage in uh, pizza and I found out if I have uh, like put, have them put light cheese and light sauce on it. I, and I take a lactate pill before it, I can have it. It didn't bother me. So I was like, well, fuck, you know, obviously pizza stuff isn't it as long as I'm not, don't overdo it. So if I, if I figure I can eat, if I can eat half of a medium cottage and pizza, certainly I could have a Stover's French bread pizza. It's mostly bread. I think the, and believe it or not, it, I think it's the actual pepperonis on the on the French bread pizza that got me. Uh, they must have been because bread's fine for me uh, as long as it's as long as you're um, not lactose intolerant. The cheese is okay. So and there's bar barely any sauce on it in it at all. So I think it's some way of how they prepare their pepperonis. And it was a, a nice little lesson to me that no, I can't go off my diet even for little things because I had like one. I <laughs> so it wasn't like it was a huge dent on my diet. And I woke up this morning with it still bothering me some so um around one o'clock i said the fuck with it and uh went back to bed and now i feel much better so i'm not complaining about anything we're doing great today you're that guy that complains because he got kicked in the nuts and then decides hey why don't you try kneeing me there and i'm sure it won't be as bad yeah yeah well i'm just in denial i'm in, in denial of uh, how strict my diet is it's one thing to be on a diet because you want to get in better shape or look better it's another thing to have your diet dictated by pain <laughs> so it just takes some getting used to and you know i've been living in denial slightly but anyways once again we're not here to talk about my problems i've decided that's uh, probably making a show a bummer way too often uh i am well, drinking coffee I mean, that's kind of kind of your life story so, well yeah like, we're, but, we're used to the sad 
the sad tales of Mr. Passive J. Well, I know. I just don't want it to be a negative podcast. No one wants that shit. I mean, I wouldn't want to listen to someone, you know, that bums me out on a regular basis. Uh, I don't like people being around that type of people in real life. Uh, negative people bum me the fuck out, and I try not to hang out with them. And I know a couple few of them uh, because of work. And I'm not going to go into uh, any more than that because I don't want to bum them, bum them more out more out if it turns out they listen to the show but there's people in my work i avoid just because they're fucking negative all the time it's interesting like so you're 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 like magnets of the same polarity <laughs> no one wants to be around someone just like them uh but no i i don't think of it that way for me most of my complaining uh honestly speaking is just trying to think of something to talk about uh i'm not really nor i'm normally i'm not in a bad mood when i'm talking about this stuff uh i'm not looking for sympathy for the most part uh i just like to talk and complain about stuff stuff to talk about so and a lot of times it's not even stuff that affects me so uh, but i have gotten you know a couple people say, tell me that they think i'm a negative person because of that i'm like really negative i'm happy almost all the time how can i be negative Goddamn, pal. Well, how about Detroit? Is it is it on fire like half the country right now? Oh, God, I hope not. Uh, we don't have like even local TV. Well, my wife has local TV on her uh, TV, but we don't watch it anymore. Um, the Facebook things have been interesting. It's a been a progression, a progression of, excuse me. Oh, I feel like I got a burp and I can't. Uh, it's been a progression of uh, protests on one day, then protests uh, that day and that night and on uh, like night three it's like protests where the police have to push them out of places and things like that um it has not devolved into fires or breaking into businesses or looting or anything like that but it is certainly a serious and scary situation to see you know uh police in riot gear dumping their batons against their shields you know as they push a crowd of protesters back um like 15 20 miles from you <laughs> i'm like oh that puts it into a lot more focus because that, that could very easily with the wrong thing happening uh, set off a riot it's not like detroit hasn't had riots before well that's the crazy thing like this is something that's happening like, across the country places you wouldn't even think about it like des moines iowa had protests yeah yeah <laughs> i didn't even know black people lived in des moines iowa oh no there's not many so it was more non- black people that were there protesting which i mean part is good to see that like other people are also taking up the quote-unquote cause but goddamn, yeah it's crazy to see uh yeah yeah it, it is certainly um the flip side of it people uh it's funny because people are like oh no there you know there's gonna be a revolution and you know and uh, a civil war and and all that I'm like well no no there won't if nothing else uh, the minorities are outnumbered that's actually the definition of what they are um so it's never going to evolve to like a physical silver civil war um that's at least i would hope not because jesus christ what a clusterfuck that would be um uh, i just it just it just uh saddens me that it's reached uh, something like this in my lifetime um <laughs> just like that lord of the rings quote from gandalf where they're talking about you know wishing that such things had not happened in their times i'll be guess you oh. <laughs> as i'm saying it, i'm like wait a minute you know what i bet you i should probably go look up the quote because there's not a fucking chance in hell uh big dalton has seen lord of the rings <laughs> no i've seen the entire trilogy they weren't really 
Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, there was a, long, but not that bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> find uh, the quote. No quotes. It'll probably pop up so really quick, easy. But I mean, if nothing else, like this entire thing, like it would be great if it could affect some change. Because this is something that's completely fucked up. And no, I'm not just talking like police violence against blacks. I'm talking about police violence that goes unchecked. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I 100% obviously that happens. And you can't give them a pass on that sort of thing, even if you can understand what's going on with that. Because uh, I think police live, especially in the more higher population concentration areas, uh, li live a rough life. Uh, they are constantly having to deal with people that aren't cool. <laughs> you know, people, you know, the nature of their job, they're dealing with criminals. And crim criminals are a pain in the ass to uh, deal with. You know, they, uh, I've dealt with criminals before. I've hung out with a lot of criminals. Uh, uh, it's it's not awesome at all. And there's been many times when I've been, I wanted to fucking hold one of them down by the back of the fucking neck. But I don't get the, I don't, I'm not in a position of power and not position of authority where, you know, you can't do that shit. You just can't. I don't care what your feelings about it are. Um, like I was trying to tell a, a grad one yesterday, uh, he kind of cut me off on it. Uh, Chris Rock had a good quote about it saying there are some jobs where you can't have just a couple of bad apples. You know, you can't just have a couple of bad cops. You have to have all good cops. It's like, just like you have to have all good, uh, Airline pilots, American Airlines can't say, well, yeah, most of our cop, most of our pilots are really, really good. We used to have a couple of bad apples that like to fly in the mountains. You know, well, see, so you, you just you need to have a mechanism there to get rid of the bad ones. And right now it doesn't really exist. We see all of these stories that a cop does something absolutely horrendous gets paid administrative leave and then nothing else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, in way more cases than not, uh, it's like they have an added layer of protection. Um, obviously, well, it's, it's called the DA. Like, and if you think about the relationship there, obviously the DA is going to protect police officers for the most part. I'm sure there's great DAs out there that would not. But if you just think of your day to day, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're completely dependent on the police department to be able to make your case for your career to go well and for you to put criminals behind bars. Yeah, yeah, now, you one do. Of those, yeah. Now, one of those policemen come up and they kill someone, like, no matter how morally sound you are as a person, like, how do you put that relationship aside for it? Right, exactly. Um, and, you know, and that's even for... Uh, you know, good DAs, uh, obviously the corrupt ones uh, are even a bigger issue. Uh, and I don't know how you do that. It's, uh, once again, not the type of job I would want. It's uh, too much responsibility for me. Uh, <sighs> shit. And this I just is did, why I, I did not go to law school, despite yeah. having scholarship offers for it. Oh, yeah, yeah, just not your, you know, you just don't have the temperament for it, I suppose. Um same, same here. Well, I might not have the ability either, but I wouldn't have the temperament for sort of that sort of thing. <sighs> My issue with the entire thing is like, no matter which side of of the legal system you decide to get in, right? Like, if I was going to do something, I would be a trial lawyer, whether it be on like a plaintiff side or a defense side. Like, regardless, you get into this trap of not necessarily doing what's right. Like if you're a defense lawyer and somebody yeah. hires you, you can't just be, you can't just go into court and be like, your honor, he totally fucking did it. Like you can't do that. 
Right, right, exactly. And, and on the plano side, you can't go in and just sandbag your own case because you won't last very long. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. So it's a it's a situation where you have to make moral compromises on which either, either path you take, uh, which is not a fun thing to do. Um, if I was in, into that type of thing, what I would like to do uh, is go into being a judge. That seems to be the only part of the legal field where you're not put in those situations uh, you, where you are supposed to be morally correct at all times. Except for when, you know, the president tweets about you that you shouldn't be on his case because you're Mexican. Yeah, well, <laughs> but that's not the Mexican's fault. That's that's the president. Uh, <laughs> but no, yes, the problem is, is like you don't just start as a judge. Right. Like, no, you have a long legal career and then you end up on the bench. Um. Yeah, yeah, that, that is true. Although there are some some exceptions to that. The uh, one of our Michigan Supreme Court judges is uh, fairly young. Uh, he well, he's had a uh, I don't know what you consider a long career. Uh, what do you what do you think the minimum amount of lawyering lawyering you'd have to do before you end up as a judge? Uh, it all depends, but like generally, you have to be kind of recognized as pretty outstanding in your field as far as your knowledge base. So you're probably looking at a good decade or two before you get there. Like you okay. generally don't see like 25 or 30 year old judges. Okay. Yeah, that's true. I guess we're, we're thinking different uh, scope of age. Cause I know uh, someone that's one of our Michigan Supreme court judges was made a judge uh, like probably three or four years ago, maybe uh, five or five or less. And he's 45 now. So somewhere between the age of 40 and 43, I think uh, he was made a, a Michigan Supreme court lawyer uh, judge without ever having been a judge at all. He was always just a lawyer. Which that part can happen, especially in places like that where it's just an appointed job. Like, that, you know, it is what it is. It, like somebody probably agreed with how he looks at things. And I don't know if it's like a lifetime appointment for your state Supreme Court, but if it is. I think so, like, yeah. That's a factor. You want to try to get them in there as young as possible. So mm. they are, you know, hearing cases in a favorable way for what you wanted for as long as possible. Uh, okay, I, I am wrong about that because I because uh, it says in 2014. So basically, when he was 39, he was elected to serve an eight-year term on the Michigan Supreme Court. Um, the guy's actually really impressive. Uh, the dude's name is uh, Richard Bernstein. He's uh, uh, legally blind and has good been blind. Dick since, uh, yep, <laughs> yep. Good old Dick Byrne. Uh, he's blind. Has been blind since birth. Um, his uh, family was all lawyers. So uh, growing up, he decided he wanted to be a lawyer. Uh, and, instead of just relying on being a blind person. Uh, his, his parents uh, be, are successful lawyers, so it's, it's not like he had to work. Uh, so ever since he's become a, a lawyer, mostly what he's done is pro bono work for the disabled and also for people uh, for jogging rights, since it turns out he's a jogger. Uh, I, well, does triathlons, but he focuses on jogging. Yeah, the guy actually does uh, triathlons. No, I'm sorry, not triathlons, biathlons. He does the the running and the swimming part with a partner, just holding onto a rope between them or some shit like that. So yeah, almost the biking might be a little crazy. Right, right. Um, so the almost all of his uh, work has been pro bono for free for like, you know, th those type of cases. Uh, and then he's, you know, done a lot of international work uh, with in like Jerusalem and places like that. He's a really impressive person really he is. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that's the only uh, Supreme court judge that uh, I'm aware of his circumstances just cause he's, you know, from around here. So the only problem I would have with old Dick Byrne, and this wouldn't be his fault at all, but I guarantee 
Like if I was going to do an over under of how many articles talk about how justice is blind. (laughs) That might be, that might be exactly why they uh, appointed him. They were like, we, we just have to do this. Uh, The cosmos demands it. (laughs) Our karma will be ruined forever. If we do not do this. (laughs) (sighs) I, that'd be such a crutch for anyone ever speaking about this guy. <laughs> oh, I can you only know the phrase justice is blind. Well, here in Michigan, we have a state Supreme court judge that fills that bill. <laughs> Which is a shame. Cause I, I have met this gentleman before and he's a really positive, happy person. You know, I like, I, I heard him talking to his assistant at one point, uh, br- briefly after I met him, he was like, Oh, can you smell that spring air? Oh, it smells so great. Oh, you want to go do 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 do? do? Yeah, that would be great. That, he's just a really upbeat sort of guy. So basically, he has a drug problem. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, but he 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 doesn't see it that way. Well, he's from Michigan, so I guess there is you know. <laughs> okay. There uh, is something there, like that is a positive about being blind. Is like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. he can he can bang some sevens that like he can just assume are thirteens. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just realized I should, I should probably turn on the old PlayStation and TV so uh, we can get the stream going. Because technically, this is a fight companion edition of Underground Live. Uh, I'm glad you guys all joined us. We are in progress because I don't think the fights have actually started or anything like that yet. No, they're, so. they're starting right now. The first guy's walking out. Really? Oh, shit, man. I get, see, it's so weird yeah. when they do that. Mm-hmm. And it's also just super weird, like just the fact that it's in the UFC Apex thing here. So. Well, basically, basically like a sound stage like they would use for the contender series but there's you know like nobody there it's it's something else uh i want to be upset for for somebody else for a moment uh, as you guys know i'm friend with, friends with moxanne radafari a name dropping like a bitch um she finally got announced another fight apparently they only give her one every six months uh she'll be fighting june 20th against lauren murphy uh, the issue being they're fighting in like Chattanooga, Tennessee or something like that. When she lives five minutes away from that apex place, literally five minutes. She said uh, she's mentioned multiple times that she hopes she, uh, she gets a fight there. It's just, it's wow. just bullshit. You, you, ta- you take what you can get. <laughs> yeah, I know. But yeah. Oh, well, what are you going to do? Uh, her, her opponent wouldn't take the, uh, the June 6th one. So that was like basically June 20th is the next spot that they could fit him in. Well, I mean, just remember, this is the UFC. They couldn't even get a Diaz brother on UFC 209. Yeah. It's like they do bad uh, bookings on purpose sometimes. How hard can it be? There's so many times where you're like, dude, why don't you just have this and this person fight? Oh, we couldn't make it happen. Really? You guys are making a ton of money, and you offer these people relatively little. I'm pretty sure if you doubled whatever their previous offer was, just barely a fighter on the roster that's going to turn anything down well it takes a and i don't necessarily want to criticize ufc in this like they are pretty good at promoting things but like there are ways to tell stories with your booking of fights and Mm -hmm. the venues and the people and everything else that like could bring more eyes to this that i think a lot of times they don't think of like they have matchmakers that are just trying to fill out cards not necessarily trying to tell stories with them Right, right. Um, 
Yeah, and it used to, I don't know, I guess it might be because I used to be more into it, and when I was watching The Ultimate Fighter, I got to know a lot more of the fighters personally, but before, when I watched, I was excited about, like, this, as you mentioned, the storylines of these fights. Uh, I knew this guy was this hardworking guy who's been down on his luck, and he, you know, he worries about his daughter, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and this guy I don't know at all, but I do know the other guy, so now it's an exciting fight because I'm rooting for this uh, this guy. Or conversely, I know this guy's a fucking asshole. I hate him. He was a horrible person on every interview I've seen him on and when, or, and when he was on The Ultimate Fighter. I hope this guy kicks his ass. You know, it's just, in a lot of ways, it was just a lot more fun back then. Well, yeah, there's all of that. But then there's just the fact that, like I said, they're not really telling stories with their cards. Like, you can do the easy tricks. Like, anytime you have a championship fight, you're also going to have a number one contenders fight on that same card. Right. Yeah. Well, that's just a logical idea anyways, in case somebody gets hurt. Like if well, someone yeah, gets, if somebody gets hurt, if nobody gets hurt, you have a perfect timing to then sign the next championship fight and they're both on the same schedule. So no one is, is kind of left out in the cold there, but you have all of these other stories. Like you can open up the pay-per-view card with the number one contenders match. And then the thing that they never really do that you can try to do is get that person in the back showered up and ready to go for two hours later and having have them sit in cage side maybe yeah. even have them join commentary for part of the fight oh right there's right so many, there's so many small things you can do to create a storyline and make it to where people are actually going to buy fights based on more than just a headliner's name right right yeah, exactly uh and you used to see that quite a bit more often uh, i don't know why they don't do that anymore I think they've just gotten to the point where they just think I can just put a card together of, of good fights and that's really all it takes. But like, there are things that get people invested into the sport, into the fighters. And I think UFC wants it more that they're just invested in the UFC, which is a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard someone mention that before. Uh, they don't want it, the individual fighters to get too much power, uh, which, you know, well, and, and so this is actually what's kind of, uh, screwed up professional wrestling so i'm not a big professional wrestling fan but i enjoy like the idea of that business mm -hmm. and that's something that has drawn them down like the popularity of professional wrestling in like the late 90s into the early 2000s was gigantic like every day they were selling out you know 20 30,000 seat arenas now like their the ratings are the worst ever everything like that and like part of it was is they got to the point where they wanted everybody to invest in the brand. So they stopped putting so much spotlight on like a singular person. Mm. Okay. Like, I can see that. What happens over time when you don't build an emotional connection to the actual people that you're seeing on screen, like people stop caring about it wholesale. Right. Yeah. And that makes absolute sense. Uh, and you understand, and I understand why the businesses try to do that. Obviously they're trying to keep control of the situation. Uh, they don't want the individual fighters to feel like that they have uh, leverage and bargaining power. They want to be able to treat them like, uh, individuals are treated in any other company, which like, you know, you guys are all the fucking same, take your pay and get the fuck out. But that's the thing is you need to build multiple stars. Like we've been talking about this in the UFC for quite a while. Like you'll have a Conor McGregor, but you're not building another guy. Like you're not putting the promotional machine behind like a Justin Gaethje and a, a Habib when he was coming up. 
like you need to be on these people early. Like they made kind of a, they made kind of an attempt with like uh, Sage Northcutt. They made an attempt with like Paige Van Zant, but like these people weren't great athletes and they didn't have much personality. Right. They were like, yeah, exactly. They were they... Your, yeah. They were just basically your Barbie and Ken doll, which mm -hmm. is just lazy fucking booking. Right. Exactly. And, and Sage is one of those cases where, um, I just, I mean, obviously he has some pretty good skills and, uh, he's definitely got, you know, the athletic ability. He just does not have the temperament for that sort of shit. He's too nice of a guy. Uh, well, Paige... beyond that, he did not have the skills yet. He, they, they threw him in there too goddamn early. He was too young. He wasn't battle tested yet. Like they just threw him to the wolves and then he couldn't end up keeping up, which destroyed his, his push from the company. Yeah, as, as well as his face. I mean, Jesus Christ, that was a horrible, well, horrible was, fight. That was one FC. That wasn't UFC. Well, right. Well, that's where he ended up. That's what I'm saying, though, because he got pushed uh, by the UFC too soon. Uh, he's and he and still same thing. He didn't uh, take the time to develop the skills after that. He just went like went ahead and fought again at a different promotion, and had pretty much the same thing happen. Right. Right. Which is a shame. Seems like a nice guy. Paige, on the other hand, just does not have, uh, I don't know, I guess she's skillful and athletic enough, I mean, to, you know, to be where she is, but I don't think she's got like nearly the, as high of a ceiling as, uh, as, uh, fucking, fucking uh, what's his name does. <laughs> what's his name? Yeah, I was, Sage I was, again yeah, yeah, Sage, yeah, Sage. Okay. Anyway, I forgot for a second. Sorry, I'm a little bit discombobulated. Uh, ever since uh, I got up from uh, my nap, it's been that way. I'm not a big fan of uh, naps in the first place. Uh, they don't really seem to help. I always feel like worse afterwards. So uh, I'll, I'm sure I'll be fine. We're going to be up for a while, but I'm actually drinking coffee uh, at uh, 6.30 at night. <laughs> Goddamn, pal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the next six hours. Yeah, I know. No kidding. Whatever. It, it is what it is. It looks like they're actually fighting. Uh, wow, I missed almost the entire first round. I, I forgot to switch to my other uh, microphones, you know, the one that allows me to be distant from the mic. So I'm going to miss a lot of this fight. <laughs> I mean, a lot of a lot of the entire card because uh, I have well, to switch. The problem is anyway, like, so I'm not even going to remember any of my picks from this card outside of like two or three fights because goddamn, like, I don't know who these people are. Oh, I wrote them all down, but I don't think it really matters, does it? <laughs> no, because you would say something, I'd be like, "Oh, okay, I guess I picked that guy." Right, exactly. None of I don't think there, with the exception of the uh, a couple of the main fight cards, all of us were like, I don't know, whoever. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those cards. Yep. But I mean, also, like, you're not going to always have great cards, especially on ones like this that are like the ESPN only cards, but. God damn, there has not been a good card since they came back. Like that first right. card was great, and then it's just been nothing. Even next yeah. weekend, next weekend is a pay per view, and like that one's not even very stacked. Yeah, no. Well, uh, it's and I understand why that is. Oh, hold on a second, I'm watching my dog. Uh, they haven't quite figured out the freezer flaps yet, so. <laughs> still can't believe you didn't get a goddamn dog door we're gonna that's what we're gonna do this doesn't work well enough this this will end up this will end up helping in the winter for insulation but uh the problem being I, as soon as we put it up i was like yeah that's not gonna work because we have to have the breezeway door open 
uh, for the dogs to get in out. So it's, it's a two door situation. And when you open up the breezeway door, it does exactly what breezeways are supposed to do, which is bring a breeze through. So the, the entire day, this thing's been fluttering back and forth. And while I watched it, I'm like, yeah, that's not going to keep anything out because <laughs> it keeps on moving. Uh, these are designed for like to sit there behind, behind a door that you have closed. And when you open it up to the, you know, to, to do something, it doesn't let as much of the air out. So the idea was good, but the in practice, it's not going to work too well. No, the idea was absolutely terrible. Jay, <laughs> going forward, when you decide to do do-it-yourself home renovation, uh-huh. like, consult the podcast first because we will put you on the right track. Okay, well, I'm already told the wife I'm going to buy a jigsaw and a dog door. Uh, now taking the door off the frame and putting it someplace and, you know, drilling you know cutting and drilling it that's gonna be uh something different but we're going to give it a shot i would just so if i were you like you've admitted that you're not handy at all so you're probably gonna fuck it up right like if you thought about it logically you're probably gonna fuck this up right exactly okay so if that's the case just order the dog door mm-hmm Hop on something like TaskRabbit or even Craigslist or something like that. Put an ad out there for somebody to install a dog door. They're going to do it pretty cheap because it's like in less than an hour of work. Right, right. Just have someone do it and then they're going to do it, you know, correctly. And then you're not going to have near as much of like a, you know, a, a leak there where either your cold air or your heat's going to leak out. Like they're going to plumb it up correctly. Like, right. just do it right the first time. Right. Although, I will admit, I watched a video on it, and other than taking the door down, it, that's going to be, you know, uh, I've never did that before, but it didn't look too hard. The part where they did it, apparently, you just have a template that you... Uh, that you use they you know the video showed uh, the guy measuring the dog at what his shoulder length was and then they have a template that actually shows you where you want to put put it at according to where that the dog's shoulder is which uh you know it's it's not it's not a very complex process uh i actually think i could probably do it i'm just scared about uh stuff like that (laughs) you know um how do i say this you know, I've watched a lot of YouTube videos on like a spinning heel kick, <laughs> and it seems really easy to do. <laughs> I have no confidence in being able to catch someone in the chin with one. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? This is this is my actual problem, uh, and that's why I tend not to want to fuck with stuff anymore. Is because I'm 46 years old. I've fucked with stuff my entire life, and I saw what the results were. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, like I, I, we have a, I've mentioned before in the back of the breezeway, we have a mesh screen door from those magnetic ones that split in the middle so that the dog can run in and out while we don't, while we don't have to worry about getting bugs. Uh, we need, we need the dog door for the other door, the interior door. This is the door that uh, goes from my, uh, den to the breezeway. It's a, it isn't, it's an outside door, but it just goes to another inside room at this point. Um, but, uh, it's, I did a horrible job on it. <laughs> and uh, it, it was it was cheap too so like the velcro just ripped because uh, my uh, little dog lulu doesn't like poke her head into it she runs full barrel into that fucker <laughs> um and so she's ripped out the side side several times and so several times i've tried to take nails and like and keep on you know uh, and uh nail it back in and like then hook the nail over a little bit so she can't pull it out um 
and I did such a shitty job that she's pulled the nails straight out. I, I, I guess I have to put like screws in it at this point because she's able to pull the nails out just by hitting it really hard. And so it's, uh, yeah. So what you need to do on that is you actually just need to feed some wire through like both sides and screw that down on either side. Right. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. You can't um, just nail it. No, no. Apparently nails aren't the thing to keep stuff in that I thought they were. <laughs> you need screws for that. <laughs> yeah. Regardless, like the moral to this story is like, if you're going to do something like this, just have someone do it and do it correctly. Like if you're looking to learn like a new skill, like you do that with something that you can just fuck around with that if it goes terribly, is no big deal. Like you don't start with, Hey, I'm just going to buy a jigsaw and I'm going to install my own dog door when I have no carpentry ability at all. Right. Oh, I'm still going to buy the jigsaw. My wife wants it. She likes to do that kind of shit. She's when asking for, she wants a jigsaw and she wants a circular saw. So, <laughs> She's so the get reason. The, get those things, put them yeah. out in the, the garage with your Jesus Christ, with your inflatable hot tub. And then hire somebody to do this. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, she will I think she I think she wants to take a swing at it. Uh she's also the person that asked me to buy her a uh cordless uh, uh drill. Um well so, everybody should have that. Like that's yeah, yeah. like a, a staple. Yep. But as far as like it's not something that you make your foray into carpentry for something that like is affecting your actual house. Like you start right. with something that you can build and that if you fuck it up, Hey, no big deal. Like if you fuck this up, now you're looking at having to buy a new door and install a new door mm -hmm. and then install a doggy door in that. Like yeah, it becomes a, a pain in the ass and goddamn, right. this fight actually isn't too bad. The dude oh, like, in blue. So Gutierrez, he is tearing up Morales' oh, leg. That's oh, great. shit. Oh, did he just call it off? Yep, God damn, right yeah. I guess I'm actually behind a couple seconds for you. Oh, my. For once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah normally I'm a couple seconds behind you. You've got the awesome stream. Uh, yeah, damn. Apparently I should have been paying attention to that fight. Uh, the Onion was, was trying to tell us about the brutal kicks, but we weren't paying attention to the chat box, chat box either. Sorry about that. Let me... Uh, Hey guys. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, okay. This would be one fun to watch. Ow, dude. Yeah, 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 he was done. He, he, if you notice, he didn't even really try to protest that shit at all, did he? No, because like the entire round, he was pretty much going down from these. Oh, Jesus. But leg kicks that's don't win you fight, right? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's something you don't see every day. Is the the finish via leg kick? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, what Barbosa is about the only guy that does it on the semi regular. He's done it a couple times, and then obviously uh, Jose Aldo was a beast with it. But I don't know if he really stopped many people. He more ate people up with it than just destroyed their face. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that picture of Uriah Faber's uh, leg after the time he fought him was one of my most uh, vivid uh, MMA memories to this day. It was fucking Jesus Christ. <laughs> Blown up to twice the size and looked like a California sunset. So speaking of uh, Jose Aldo, what do you think about him getting the uh, title shot? I don't think that's right. Um, it's, I think it's a case of... Uh, you know, them using marketing instead of uh, rankings to uh, match people up. I don't, you know, but 
whatever. <laughs> it's it's hard to get upset about these sort of things nowadays, but I don't think he should. Did uh, did he even I don't know. Let me. I have to look at his record for his last couple of fights actually before I give you a really serious opinion on it. Oh, let's see. Okay, hold on. Worth of shit today. Yeah, he's he's zero two in his last two. Oh, okay, no, I, obviously not. No, definitely in no. I don't think you should ever get a title shot coming off a lost period. Certainly not two in a row. Come on. It's it's, well, it's the funny it, thing is like right. So they're definitely just doing because of the the name there, mm -hmm. and then also I think they're actually trying to make this fight for the first fight that's going to be on Fight Island. Oh yeah. So they wanted like kind of an international feel to some of it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like I don't, I don't agree with him getting the shot, especially when his last fight was against Marlon Marais. And like, why isn't he getting the shot? Yeah. Make a, you could also make a, an argument for someone like an Aljamain Sterling. Yeah. Um, or yeah, there's, there's, there's people there. I mean, they got the Peter Jan part, right. But yeah, it shouldn't be shouldn't be Aldo. He can't get too pissed at it. Like this is the thing where, that we've seen in the past, right? Where magically Uriah Faber or Frankie Edgar would get a random title fight out of nowhere. Like they always <laughs> made it a they always made it a fight. Yeah, you know, that's true. I mean, it's not like he's going to get steamrolled or anything like that unless he just got old, uh, which is entirely possible considering his last two fights. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's, I, I like I said, it should never be off of a loss, much less two. I don't care how much uh, cred that you have with the UFC at that point. Uh, but once again, who really cares? Uh, but we were speaking about, uh, you know, how kind of crappy these cards were. Um, have you been looking at some of the undercards? We're seeing the same people fighting over and over in some cases. Yeah, I've seen some of that where they where they're trying to get the the same people in there because. I think it's probably easier for them, right? Like these mm -hmm. people have already been tested, have been through the rigmarole of of the way that they're doing things. Like I don't maybe really... that makes it easier. I don't really know. No, I think it's uh, the case of being that these are the only people that they have available. Period. Uh, a lot of these fighters will not fight right now. Not when this pandemic's going on. It's screwing up their training methods. Uh, you know, all, all their camps or uh, makeshift at best. Uh, so I think a lot of people don't want to fight right now, which is why you're seeing the people that do fight over multiple times over and over again. The guy that uh, looks like looked like Icy Mike uh, Kellerman or something like that. I think his name was. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fighting. He's the one. You know, he's he won with I can't remember how he won, but it was like a knockout. He's fighting again, uh, and I've seen several other people on upcoming cards that have fought as recently as two or three weeks ago. So I think that's why we're seeing these weird random cards where people are like, oh, that's not worthy of a UFC uh, pay-per-view. I'm like, well, it's what they got. I, it's not like they're intentionally giving you shitty cards. It's what they have right now. Yeah, I mean, that could be part of it. And it's Kelleher, not Kella, whatever you said. Kelleher. I said Keller man, it's Kelleher. <laughs> not Kella he, Kelleher. My bad. You sexist <laughs> piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, he looks a little bit like Icy Mike. Yeah, I guess a little bit. Only yeah. obviously much, much tougher. <laughs> right. You never know, dude. I'm not sure if Kelleher has ever fought ninjas before. So uh, Icy Mike's got that going for him. <laughs> I, what, I could, I could be a street beef star. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, it was funny. I uh, posted on my uh, Facebook the other day uh, a, a picture after a workout. You know, talking about how while well, I'm still super duper skinny, I'm I, I'm going to work at that shit or something like that. You know, um, well, but, but the the phrase I used was from a Family Guy episode. You know, you ever seen the episode where the short guy go that was really angry about it? He says, "Yeah, I'm sure." Big whoop. You want to fight about it? You familiar with that? It sounds familiar, yes. Yeah, yeah. So I posted, yeah, I'm skinny, big whoop. You want to fight about it? And some guy that I knew in high school and didn't hang out with uh, since then or anything like that posts, oh, I could snap him in the in the two like a twig. And I'm like, okay, where is this fucking coming from? <laughs> I don't know. If we taught you how to, how to throw a, a proper slashing elbow, you could cut someone in half. Oh, I am 100% uh, going to take some classes once I found out that they were relatively inexpensive. I just, I don't know how I'm going to fit. Once I get back into work, I don't know how I'm going to fit it into it. Because uh, uh, realistically speaking, doing this show, I would only have uh, one or two days a week where I could go train. And, and I know that they don't do it that way. They do it monthly. And I'm just not sure if I want to pay $150 a month for like four lessons a month. Well, if you're doing one or two days a week, like try to get two days a week, that's at least eight training sessions a month. That's true. Just, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and I'm only working six days a week during like the three month high season. Uh, so for most of the year, that wouldn't be a big deal. Um, yeah, I still, I think I want to do it. I, and I want to go with Muay Thai because I think uh, that's the best for me with my body type and my aversion to people touching me <laughs> i would love to be able to take brazilian jiu-jitsu uh it's a compliment the, the muay thai but i'm not sure if i can handle that you know someone up close on me like that all the time yeah generally stuff like that you're not cha you're not training more than like three to four days a week anyway so even if you're getting one or two you're getting you know roughly half someone that was really into it's gonna get like when i was rolling like I was really only going to jujitsu, I think three times a week. And then when people had like tournaments and things like that coming up, I would go in once a week in our, uh, in our, the guy that owned the space would just open it up for me to go teach those guys wrestling. So I'd do that mm. one night a week. Right. Right. I thought there might be issues with going two days in a row, but I guess since it's not like a workout type thing, it would probably wouldn't be a big deal. Well, it just depends on when the classes are like, you just have to look at their schedule. Like, what it looks like and you just kind of get in there a few times a week it's not like you're training to become an actual fighter and you want to be there every day like no i, I just want to understand that people have lives right no i just want to learn enough so that if i'm ever in a uh hostile situation i'm not completely helpless oh so when you're like the 63 year old on the bus that gets attacked you want to be able to fight back yeah, exactly. You know, which is which is kind of fucked up because it turns out the guy who was fighting was like in his late forties, early fifties. Anyways, it's just it's just as you as you know, being a black person, uh, a lot of black people age really, really well. So, so that was pretty. That was a lot more even of a fight than it looked like. Uh, but regardless, yeah, that poor guy got his ass whooped. Exactly. Yeah. I tell you what, that's what I strive for. I still strive, and like by the time I hit like my fifties and sixties, that if some crazy shit were to happen. I'd still be able to drop someone on their fucking skull. Right, right, exactly. And then that's where I am. I'm getting up there in years, and I'm sure plenty of fights have been avoided just by uh, 
how intimidating I can be with my height, especially in the winter where I'm wearing a lot of clothes. Um, but uh, there's, there's going to come a time, I'm just sure there is in, in my lifetime uh, before the end of it, where I'm going to be in a situation where I need to defend myself. Uh, I, I don't think that's a pessimistic uh, outlook at all. I think I've probably been lucky to have little inter- little as little of interactions of those natures as I have. Uh, I've been, you know, in a couple of fights and I've been in a couple of violent situations, but for the most part, I'm really good at avoiding that shit. So I do not consider myself having enough experience in that, uh, in that matter at all to take care of myself in those kind of situations. Yeah. Everyone should have at least a little bit of a background that you can take care of yourself. Like a lot of people talk about how you should be prepped for like the end of the fucking world. If you're going to do anything, at least prep for, you know, the, only somewhat unlikely possibility of being physically confronted at some point. Right, exactly. Um, it's just smart. Uh, uh, right now, right now, I you know, I could probably defend myself against uh, an even matchup. In other words, like a random 46-year-old dude uh, because I'm in better shape than the average 46-year-old dude. dude, dude, and, dude, I'm, dude. And, Skeletor, and I'm Skeletor was a fictional character. You're not going to be fighting any other skeletons no i don't, don't mean exist. that i or don't mean that died, brother <laughs> you know that's not what i'm talking about i mean the average 46 year old if you look at the stats is overweight and doesn't work out or doesn't do anything um as uh, as long as they didn't have any skills like i said you know in which the average person doesn't uh i would fare well against i think the average dude uh just because i have reach and i'm in better shape than the average dude uh, you give me anybody who is in shape at all, has any kind of uh, athletic ability or any kind of, any kind of shit like that, I'm going to be fucked up because I don't have know what I'm doing. It's <laughs> a good point. Yeah, uh, I do wish uh, I do wish uh, it was true, like uh, Dose said, uh, that I could learn by osmosis because I you know I have watched a shitload of UFC. So you think I might have well, picked some of that shit up? Some of some of that will have sunk in. Like at least conceptually, you know, you will know that, hey, I need to be moving. Like I, I can't be a stationary target. Like you know that if you're going to throw a punch, that you want to throw, you know, a straight punch. Like you don't right. want to be looping, just throwing wild like an idiot. Like you understand, like positioning. Right, right. And I have some like of those things, things down. You'll, yeah, they'll, they'll, you, you'll see things. Like, you can see, like, the beginning of shoulder movement of someone that, like, that's probably the punch that they're going to throw. And you know if they're not, like, a trained person, it's probably going to be kind of a looping shot. So, like, while, yes, you won't necessarily be able to compute these things on the go as quickly as someone that's trained, at least you'll understand, like, the world that you're in. Right, exactly. Like, I know... It's funny. I haven't had any uh, been in a real fight in God at least twenty years. Uh, so I don't know how much of this would be practical. But I do know if I'm ever in, in another fight, I am going to use things I've learned from watching the UFC, like uh, uh, standing uh, standing in a, a certain stance so that I can use my jab, and which is what I'll be doing mostly, just a, a pawing jab to try to keep them the fuck off me, because uh, <laughs> uh, I, I understand that, that I can use that for the most part uh, to keep almost anybody away from me uh, and that if they charge me to get in on that i'm going to try to grab hold of their shoulders as they're coming in and start throwing knees that's my entire strategy jab them and jab them and hope and hope they go away from that and then if they get too aggressive inside of me grab their shoulders and try to uh, knee them in the guts if that doesn't work i'm probably fucked 
Yeah, see, I, I've just always, in any sort of confrontation I've had, like, I think the last real one was the guy I had to subdue on that train. Just, it's pretty much use wrestling because nobody really knows how to, to stop you from doing whatever you want. So right, a lot right. Of it there is me just getting into range and I almost kind of throw like kind of a pawing right straight just to grab someone's shirt. Because once I got a hold of you, I can kind of pull you towards me while I hit just kind of a quick duck under and then I have your back. And luckily I'm a large guy. So from there I can hold people down if I need to. Right, right. Yeah. And I, wrestling obviously is a good skill that you have in any kind of fighting situation. Although you have to be careful about uh, the ground that you're on, obviously, like concrete and shit can suck. Uh, and of course, you don't well, really want to take somebody down if they have multiple friends with them and things like that. Well, yeah, but in a situation where it's one on one, like, I don't really care what surface I'm on for the simple fact that like I can dictate who's going to hit it first. Right. <laughs> I can understand that. Uh, so for me, I, I'm just, uh, I just know in a lot of situations I'm pretty slow. So conceptually, while I can think about what I try to do, I have a feeling that once stuff starts happening before I'm, before I can even start thinking, okay, uh, turn the sh shoulder slightly back, get ready to jab at him. He'll probably already be on me and punch me in the face. Yeah, probably. That's why you don't get in fights exactly <laughs> but it would be nice to have uh, some sort of skill level so because like you said when you mentioned like reaching out for a pawing jab that's something i'd like to be able to do do like a pawing jab to keep them off me and then uh, a lot quicker jab that's actually a grabbing hold of their shoulders and then be able to bring them into a clinch because uh, i have a feeling that in a clinch i probably do a lot better yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. Assuming I, was, do assuming, I assuming I was trained. This is assuming that I, that someone actually taught me in Muay Thai and how to do knees and shit like that. Uh, that's that's my concept for being a good fighter. Right now, I wouldn't try that because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing in the clinch. But assuming well, I, mean, that I virtually, learned my Thai. Yeah. Oh, virtually God. any striking coach is going to tell you, use your link and people keep people away. Okay, so don't, have, don't, don't want... ever initiate the clinch. Not, not unless you have a goddamn great Thai plum. Like, if you think about it, in order for someone to even to get to you, if you're able to have, like, a decent jab or you throw kind of, like, that teep kick, like, no one's going to be able to get close enough to actually damage you. If you let someone in and you're trying to clinch with them, like, they're in their striking range. So now you're in trouble. Right, right. And the entire yeah. idea of a fight is staying the fuck out of trouble. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I can see that. My... I guess my strategy came from my uh, fears of being way too slow to be good at striking, even with training. Because you know, in, in my dreams, that's what I always see, that you know, uh, I can't throw a punch fast enough to hit anybody, and they can move in on me before I can even, even react. And obviously, part of that's dreams, but part of that's probably true, too. <laughs> so I, I would probably have to come up with a pretty unique strategy to avoid to getting my ass kicked. Uh, yeah, I think, again, <laughs> the moral to the story is you just shouldn't, shouldn't be fighting. Yes. But if you need to, yes, get some training and they will tell you for someone your size, like just keep people on the outside. So as long as they're at your range, you're not in trouble. Right, right, exactly. Um, oh, oh, apparently we're ignoring yet another fight, huh? And eh, not much going on so far. This one just kind of got started. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you remember who you had for this? Uh, it's Smoke Eye, I think. Yeah, because I actually know who he is. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I had I had recognized that name as opposed to Kenny. It's pretty easy to figure out which one's Kenny, huh? <laughs> yeah, he's the guy I haven't seen before. Exactly. Oh well, no, I yeah, yeah I know you you've seen Smoker before, but one of them looks like a Kenny. Yeah, I don't know if there's really a, a Kenny look, but fair enough. <laughs> and I realize it's his last name, so I was just being dumb. So the thing I already don't like about this whole UFC Apex thing, did you notice at the end of the last fight, they don't do interviews in the ring? Oh, they didn't? I No, I didn't notice that. Uh, I'm assuming... No, they like, immediately ushered the guy out of the cage to like a UFC backdrop, and then he put on a headset and talked to Cormier. Oh, oh, so no, well, they're pro that's probably a kickback from uh, Rogan uh, when he was doing like the enclosed interviews and like shaking people's hands and shit like that. Everyone was doing that. Oh yeah, yeah. But I like it's probably apparently kickback from that. Is, yeah, apparently this is like a, I guess a, like a Vegas thing maybe. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. But I don't yeah. like it. Yeah, it's probably what it is. Yeah, after all that, that shit was all in Florida, the land of no rules. Uh, Vegas at least has some regulations. Uh, they, their commission worries about the shit because, you know, they realize it's their money. Still, I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> All righty. Uh, so, oh, look, we, we've yeah. almost got the first hour out of the way. Uh, so I'm sure yeah, we will. Smoke is uh -oh. the trouble. Yeah. This is, uh oh, yeah, yeah, that doesn't look good at all. No, does he? Does, yeah, you're right. You must be back am on I, track. At I, in time. You now? How the fuck I don't did know. that happen? I don't I know. I you last fight. Yeah, yeah. I think we're almost exactly the same time. You might be a second ahead of me. Uh, but yeah, it's, we're pretty close right now. Uh, yeah, we'll have to do a time check at some point here. Right, right, exactly. It looks like Tenor's in the room, so I think he's probably still watching the preview to the first fight. But Right, right, exactly. Or Homelander, who's watching like last Wednesday's fights. A Homelander's still getting ready for UFC 100. <laughs> he's fucking stoked. Yeah, just no wait till no, John Jones, you know, pisses hot. Then, uh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, God, that wait, guy. That was, that was two hundred, right? Yeah, that was two hundred, I believe. Yeah, yeah, one hundred was Lesnar. Well, one hundred and two hundred were Lesnar, but one hundred was like prime Lesnar. Lesnar. Yeah, that that was such a great event. Uh, I, I'm I'm drawing a blank on uh, who fought in that, uh, but I remember it. Being so fucking awesome. Uh, da, 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 and hundred that, enti that entire fucking card was just awesome. Yes, indeed it was. Okay, let's hit more that fights. Was, that was horseshoe Frank Mir. <laughs> oh yeah, that was that. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he ruined uh, Dana's day because you you know obviously Dana wanted. Uh, um, no, wait a minute. No, that was the. Oh, that's right. No, that's when uh, Lesnar pulled the horseshoe out. Out of his ass. Right, right, right. God, that was such an awesome fight. I love Frank Mir. He's one of my favorite fighters, but that was just so goddamn impressive. That, that's what made it so impressive for me because I know how good Frank Mir is on the ground. You know, uh, he's one of the best uh, jujitsu practi practitioners uh, ever in fighting MMA, not just his weight class. Um, and to see, to see Brock uh, fucking hold him down so effectively and get him in a position where it neutralized the vast skill gap between them and on and the ground. I, and I realize that Brock Lesnar is really skillful at wrestling, but uh, normally the uh, jujitsu will fuck up wrestling. Uh, and well, it didn't at all. <laughs> like, the, the only reason it did the first time is Lesnar had absolutely no idea what he was doing. No, no. And yeah, I, not at all. And he did, he I almost mean, won that, that fight. His, what, second or third fight in his life. Mm -hmm. 
against yeah. Frank Mir. Like, goddamn, like you just don't throw people into the fire like that. Yeah, yeah, and, and but God, I, I just remember him getting into the, like that half guard position. He was it wasn't even like he you know, he had him uh, fucking. Uh, I used to remember it was the cross guard. No, no, I can't remember what that position's called now. Uh, guard, half guard. What's the one after that? Side control. Side control. Thank you. It's been a long time since I've played any UFC video games, <laughs> which is, by the way, how I learned what all of those positions were called by, by playing those UFC video games because they described all of them, you know, like the north south, north south position, you know, a side control, half guard, full guard. Yada, Do you yada. not like pay attention to the, the announcing at all during fights? No, it's I get, not yeah. right now because we're live on air, but like normally, did you just never listen? Because they talk about these positions a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, this is good. Remember, this is really early in in when in my UFC listening things when I didn't really get to see a lot of fights. Uh, you know, I, I watched a lot of the Ultimate Fighter, and they don't really talk about they don't have commentators in that really. So, I mean, I, I, occasionally after the fight was over, people would talk about different positions and stuff. But I learned all my basic stuff from the UFC games way back in like two thousand five, two thousand six, or something like that. Fair enough. So yeah. I'm looking at the UFC 100 card. Yeah. And God damn, now I remember this card so goddamn well. So obviously, oh yeah, Lester oh god, yeah, you're right. Uh, it's co-main event GSP over Tiago mm -hmm. Alves. Then the Henderson bomb. The Jesus Christ, that's crazy. Michael Bisping, like that was a fucking moment. Yep. John Fitch versus Paulo Tiago, like another great fight. Uh, the opening of the main card, Akiyama versus Alan Belcher, like all big name fights. Mm -hmm. And then the prelims, Mark Coleman over Stefan Bonner, John Shit. Jones over Jake O'Brien, Jim Miller over Mac Danzig, Young Hung Kim over TJ Grant, Tom Lawler over CB Dalloway. And then the very first fight of the evening, these might be people that like some people haven't heard of or don't remember. But Shannon Gugarty versus uh, Matt Grice. Like, right. Yeah. Those aren't the only two on huge names. Card was a person. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That every single one. Um, and most of the fights were pretty amazing. Although I am amazed. To, I didn't remember that Mar Mark Coleman fought in that fight. Uh, uh, fought that in that event. Uh, I, if someone would ask me if, uh, when was the last time Mark Coleman fought the UFC, I would have guessed some number in the 50s or 60s or some shit like that. <laughs> You don't remember his comeback after Pride? No, uh, I totally blanked on that. Uh, wasn't much of a comeback, was it? <laughs> I mean, it was a little bit. So he had that kind of renaissance when he had that win over Shogun when Shogun broke his arm. Hmm. But yeah, other than that, he didn't really obviously win many fights because he had that fight um, where he won via that, that broken arm, but then they threw him in there with Fedor. And that was uh, a bad idea. And then he had the rematch with Shogun in the UFC, lost. Then he had that fight with Bonner, obviously won. Then they threw him in there with Randy. Yeah. And that's not cool. <laughs> Randy no, Coulter, kind of... killer of dreams. <laughs> well, you know, especially for Mark Coleman, right? Like, Mark Coleman, like, obviously, very high level wrestler, ground and pound guy. Like, what matchup is going to be almost the worst thing you could possibly do in the UFC? Randy Couture. <laughs> great yeah, wrestler. Great on the ground. Like, come on. He was pretty much, like, the next level of Coleman. Coleman was that old school, like, godfather of ground and pound. 
And then you had Randy, who was a higher level wrestler out there. Like, God, like, it's just not what you want to do to, like, end a guy's career like that. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. And th- and that's exactly the uh, great way to put it. He was the next level. Uh, he had all of Coleman's skills plus more skills, you know, because he was great in the clinch and dirty boxing and shit like that. Right. And Banana Man talking b- about Brock again, about how if he had some real fighting skill, he'd be a great contender. He won a UFC championship in his, what, fifth fight ever? Yeah. That just shows how much of a freak athlete that guy was and how good of a base wrestling is. And if you can take a guy like that that's never fought in his life, that is already kind of beat up from years of professional wrestling and then walking on to an NFL team, like someone like that coming in and being able to, you know, basically take over the biggest division in the sport like that shows that was that's a special dude yeah and uh no the only part that i'm not really happy with is i thought they gave him a really short path to the championship uh obviously it ended up working out for him so he he beat people you know at championship level but i always thought he should have had like another four or five or six fights before they offered him anything like a championship fight but that's the thing who are you going to put him in there with so if you look at how he comes in, right? He comes in against Frank Mir. He was be- he like he was winning that fight until he got his leg grabbed and then he panicked and tapped. He came out there, he damn near killed Heath Herring. And then you have Couture looking for a title defense and like your next kind of biggest name at that time probably is Frank Mir. And I think Mir wasn't ready. So hell, put Lesnar in there, take the gigantic pay-per-view gate. And they did, and I think Dana was pretty sure that Randy was going to kick the shit out of him, and that didn't happen. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's right. I guess it's I mean, anybody who beats Randy Couture is obviously at a level where they can fight championship fights. I just felt like he didn't earn it as much as some other people, and I'm not sure if he would have been able to get to that championship fight if he would have had to fight like another four or five people, because uh, you know how heavyweight is. Sometimes it's just luck <laughs> uh you know uh if he he could as we found out later on he's not a big fan of getting punched and, and with those four or five fights there's a good chance he would have actually fought somebody who was good at punching him so it might have totally changed his career see i don't know if it would like if the people that say that he's not a fan of getting punched like you got to realize the people that were hitting him in those fights like a lot of people point to shane carwin Nobody likes getting hit by Shane Carwin. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. You know, like, I'm should... sorry. You, anybody on this earth takes those shots, they're going to be scrambling away and looking like, hey, they don't like getting hit in the face either. Right. And there, I was one of those people that thought that Carwin won that fight. Uh, the, obviously, I don't know. You can look at it two ways. Uh, Brock Lesnar came back and won the fight, so obviously it was not a late, you know, a late stoppage or or a fight that should have been stopped. But there were so many points during that fight that I thought it should have been stopped. I mean, I don't know. What, what did you think of it? Lesnar was always moving. He never just completely turtled up, and that's what you're looking at as a ref. You're looking at someone that completely turtles up and essentially gives up. Like mm. that's really when you stop the fight is when. You either see that someone has given up or they are so far out of it that they just, they can't defend themselves. And Lesnar was really never to that point. He was eating a lot of damage. Absolutely. He was, but I never saw that point in the fight where it's like, 
okay, like he's looking for a way out or okay, like he is in like trouble that someone needs to save him. Hmm. I, I, I guess I just didn't see it. Uh, okay. I can, I can see it from uh, that perspective. Um, and I knew it. I knew as soon as round two started and, and, uh, and Brock grinned over at Carwin, the, how that shit was going to go down. <laughs> I mean, I, I felt, I felt like I was psychic for a moment there because it, it went exactly like I thought it was going to go down. I even, I even, uh, looked at a person I was uh, watching a pay-per-view pay-per-view with because i think i was over someone's house i can't remember where and i was like a watch this watch was and i told him exactly what was going to happen and i was right poor shane he probably he's probably he actually he probably knew he was in trouble too because he he was gasping and shit when he came out for round two well he completely blew his watch trying to put lesnar away yeah man that was such a good fight and i think it was chael that always goes back to this saying but like if you try to finish a fight, you're not going to win a decision. And that's exactly what we saw. Like he tried to finish that fight and he didn't have anything left after that point. And Lesnar is the type of guy that like, if you're going to show a weakness, he's going to jump on that some bitch. Yep. And he did big time, but yeah, there was, but back on the UFC 100 thing, there were so many good fights that, that night. Um, and you just don't see this sort of thing anymore. Uh, look, I mean, look at the, you know, the cold card was fucking George St. Pierre. Uh, it, how many other, how many other times could you think of a fight being worth over him on the main card? Well, I mean, the only other one. So like they did the same thing. UFC 200 was fucking amazing too. Was it? I remember thinking it wasn't as good as 100. Let me go look at it, though. Well, the Maybe. only reason you do is, like, if you look up the card, the one thing yeah. you're not going to see was Cormier John Jones because Jones pissed hot. Oh, yeah. So instead, you got Cormier who fought a very, you know, kind of timid fight versus Anderson Silva because it was a completely last-minute change, and obviously he doesn't want to, you know, lose his belt. So that was kind of a, a downer. Yeah. But as far as like the rest of the fights on that card, like you would have had the main event of Cormier versus John Jones, which is a giant fight at the time. You had Nunez versus Misha Tate. Then you had Lesnar Hunt, mm-hmm. Jose Aldo versus Frankie Edgar, Kane versus Travis Brown. When Brown was kind of coming off of that that streak of stopping guys, that he looked like a, a world beater for a while there. Then you got the prelims of Juliana Pena versus Kat Zingano. Mm-hmm. You had Gastelum versus Johnny Hendricks. TJ Dillashaw versus Rafael Asuncio. And then this was during the time they were trying to push Sage Northcutt. So you had uh, Sage Northcutt versus Enrique Marin, I guess. I don't know who the fuck he is. And then you had the fight pass prelims of Joe Lozon versus Diego Sanchez. Gegard Musasi versus Tiago Santos. And Jim Miller versus Takanori Gomi. Like, that's well, a yeah. fucking card right there. Yeah, no kidding. And I'm looking at the wiki. It could have been even better because there was all kinds of things that happened. You mentioned the Jones thing. Uh, McGregor was supposed to be on that uh, card as well. But uh, he pulled that bullshit, you know, announcing his retirement and not going to the press conference. Uh, so they pulled him. So, But originally, he was supposed to be on there as well. I can't remember who he was supposed to be fighting, but... Uh, wasn't that when he was supposed to be fighting uh, Dos Anjos when he had his run? Um, no, it was it was actually when they were gonna about to, he was supposed to fight uh, Nate Diaz. 
this is what originally when the second uh, net eight DS was supposed to be apparently. Uh, no, I don't think that was it. Yeah, I don't no, know. No, this was this was supposed <laughs> to be McGregor versus Rafael Dos Anjos. Dos Anjos broke his foot, and then right. it became McGregor versus Diaz. But that was after two hundred. Right. Yeah. No. Exactly. Well, at, the, at one point they're going to put it on uh, uh, on uh, on two hundred. It's like the wiki says a welterweight rematch between the Ultimate Fighter five winner and former lightweight challenger Nate Diaz and the then current UFC featherweight champion Conor McGregor was originally expected to headline the event. The pairing previously met earlier at UFC with that 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 McGregor was expected to challenge UFC lightweight champion Rafael Dos Santos, but Dos Santos pulled out to, due to a broken foot only 11 days before the event. Diaz eventually replaced him, and the bout was shifted to the welterweight division. Um, and But then I guess uh, he pulled some shit here, and then they they end up moving that fight to a later event. I think I'm reading that right. Yeah, whatever it was, but still, that yeah. card was fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Uh, but I, I, for me, well, 100 is still more impressive. I, I can't say that just based on the names that were on UFC 200. Yeah. Like yeah. that was a, a deeper, better card, but yeah, you can't go wrong with UFC 100 either. Yeah, <laughs> man. Okay. You know, we should be expecting some of our special guests uh, to be calling in sometime tonight. So, uh, we're looking forward to that. Although you guys on here currently, you guys are always more than welcome to give us a call, uh, and shoot the shit with us while we watch these fights. Uh, shoot we're the cur- shit, boys. Shoot the shit, boys. We're really early into it, so we got a long ways to go, uh, and we don't have a short time to get there. <laughs> uh, let's see. Is this fight? Are we uh, going? Oh, they're still going highlights for the next fight and such, huh? Yep. So, yeah, this is the Tim Elliott fight. Oh, that should be interesting. He uh, always brings it. I don't think he's ever had a boring fight. So, as you say, this is probably going to be a boring as shit fight. <laughs> you jinxed it, Jay. I know. I uh, you know. You know what? Actually, it's funny. I, I was thinking about uh, probably a completely different fighter because uh, the Tim the 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 guy I thought Tim Elliott was had had a weird uh, nickname like the Dirty Bird or some shit like that. Yeah, I don't know who you're thinking of. Yeah, so maybe not. So I have no clue who who is fighting. Actually, it could be anybody. How do you not know who Tim Elliott is? Okay, I think I do, but uh, I might be confusing him with a different person. Obviously, I know who Tim Elliott is. Is he's Tim Elliott? Yeah. So he won the Ultimate Fighter. Oh, yeah. and that was the season where the winner was going to fight uh, Demetrius Johnson. Oh my! For a title shot. That was one of the seasons where, like, when you won, you got a title shot. Which doesn't seem like a good idea, but okay. <laughs> he he gave Mighty Mouse like a great fight. Like that Ooh. was a pretty close fight. <laughs> and that was when Demetrius was destroying everyone. Yeah, man. Boy, that guy was just like a little buzzsaw, wasn't he? Well, he was just so technically sound at everything he did. Like there wasn't uh, a bad position for Mighty Mouse. Yeah. Okay. I need you to talk for 10 seconds. I got to take off my shirt, which requires me taking off my headphones. So you talk about how awesome Demetrius Johnson was and talk about that fucking sub he did from the midair throw. We've already talked about that. But right now you have passive Jay taking off his shirt, which actually the good thing is he didn't scream. So apparently his little arm issue has gone away. For the most part, yeah. There's a little tiny bit of a uh, burning sensation if I like stretch it out completely, but it's like 99% better, which I'm really happy about because at one point I was afraid uh, that it wasn't some sort of uh, 
uh, muscle strain or bursitis or something, I thought it was like a rotator cuff injury because, you know, those things have similar um, traits and symptoms. So I was, which would terrify me because the last thing I want to do is more surgery. I'm done with surgery for a while. <laughs> so, but yeah, it seems to be going mostly away. So I'm pretty happy about that. Well, it must have been That's just bursitis. We're happy. We're happy that you are recovering strongly from your your strained vagina. <laughs> Dude, that hurt so fucking bad at one point. Holy shit! I mean, like a sharp burning pain, and I was, you know, not like a muscle strain. Uh, it felt completely different. It was a uh, rather rather disconcerting. <laughs> yeah, but do you really know what a muscle strain feels like? I, I feel like you lack the criteria. Ah ha ha ha! Well, I've strained tendons uh, apparently then. <laughs> Because I fuck shit up in my back multiple times, uh, I feel lucky that I don't have the major back issues that some people have. You know, like you know, fractured spines and fused shit and all that good stuff. But I do have like a spot in my back that I have issues with that uh, will, like, if I'm if my back's gonna go out, it's gonna be that spot uh, specifically. And it's one of one of those things where I don't hurt myself doing things. It's like I'll turn slightly to my left in the shower, and all of a sudden I fucked up my back. <laughs> you ever have anything like that? Well, I have several herniated discs, so... Right, right. I mean, but just the random, like, not doing something strenuous to fuck yourself up, so... There are days I can't get out of bed in the morning. Yeesh, well, that sucks. But um, but for me, it's, it's like, not even... Like, I remember, thank God I was... Uh, uh, with my manager when it happened, uh, I remember I was working at a CVS before they'd move me over to the photo department. So I was like uh, stocking stuff and I reached down and slightly to the left to get underneath one of the rolling carts to hand the manager something. And it, I fucked it, it fucked up something on my back. I was like, Oh fuck, fuck, fuck. Jesus. Christ. I was just glad my manager was there. Cause how, otherwise how's he going to believe that I hurt myself trying to hand him a box of deodorant, <laughs> you know, fucking, it's just weird, I, and it's and I assume it comes from just not being in good enough shape, so that your muscles just randomly do. I don't know. I, how how would being in shape uh, help with that though? It's not it's not like I I overworked a muscle or something like that. I don't understand how that happens to be honest. Well, I mean, if all of your stabilizer muscles are like strong and like you're you're in a good enough shape and you're like you're loose. Like these things aren't going to happen because everything is contained the way it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Like the, the craziest thing is like, so if somebody has a back problem, like more than likely, if you can get them, you know, to where it's not going to aggravate an injury or anything like that, one of the best things you can do for people with back issues is having them do things like deadlifts. Because if you build the back, it's going to fix the underlying issue by strengthening all the muscles and the tendons and everything around it. So how did you do your uh, back injuries? Was it from lifting or from uh, fighting or jujitsu? Jujitsu mainly. So the way that it ended up happening to me, so like mine are all herniated on the same side. So, and this was one of the interesting things, like when I went in, I, I finally ended up going to a doctor because there had been a point where like several days it was taking me 40 minutes to get out of bed and not because I didn't want to. Um, so I went in and he checked my reflexes and like the entire left side of my body has no reflex response. So, you know, they take the little hammer out and like, you know, mm -hmm. you know, bang on your knee and your elbow. Mm -hmm. Like he did that on my left side and like, there was no movement at all. Oh, that's not so good. Like, so he was like, so based on what you're telling me and what I can see there, like, 
you probably at minimum have a herniated disc. And I was like, so you're telling me what? He's like, you probably need surgery. And I'm like, so one, that's not going to happen. And two, how long should I take off doing deadlifts? He's like, you should never be doing deadlifts again. I'm like, you're retarded. <laughs> so I did the MRI and everything. And it, it found out at that point I had two. And actually there has been a third one since, but it's all been in that same way. And it seems like it came from jujitsu because I remember like a couple times that uh, a couple times trying to do kind of some sweeps and just the way that I would contort myself, like all of a sudden there was just kind of this burning pain and it was like mm. in my spine. Like I could tell it wasn't a muscle or anything else. Like it was like, it felt too internalized. Right. Right. And I think I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Oh, that sucks. And other than surgery, which obviously you don't want to do, have they offered you any alternatives? Not really. Like for the most part, you go to doctors and they advise surgery. So the things I've done, and we talked about this kind of on this, on the show before is like, I've done like stem cell treatment and like some, uh, like, uh, PRP injections, things like that. And for the most part, like I'm, I'm back to the point that like, I'm able to strengthen my back somewhat. Like every once in a while, it'll kind of creep back up on me and I'll have to take a couple days off, but mm -hmm. like, it's, it's much better than it was. And I, I'm in, I'm sure I'm leading a better standard of living than I would have having surgery. Right. Right. Cause you hear that so many times someone has back surgery and it just fucks them up for the rest of their life. Um, crap, dude, <laughs> I really want to go get another cup of coffee. Do you mind, uh, like blathering on for like 30 seconds? Not even that long. Hurry the fuck up, Jay. Uh, I'll be right back. Do you do you do I like it black like here. my women. Do, 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 Jesus. And we can still hear him. Goddamn. Completely unprofessional. Hopefully he doesn't lose another fight to his goddamn fridge. Jesus. Trying to put out a, a, a decent product here. And this is what I'm working with, guys. For Christ's sakes. Okay, here it comes. Let me put down my coffee so I don't burn myself or anything like that. Put it right here. Jesus Christ, Jay. Okay, hold on. Almost ready. Almost ready. Don't want to get this all. Five more seconds. Oh, Christ. All right, I'm back. Sorry about that. Jesus Christ, Jay. <laughs> I need some coffee. I'm sorry. I needed some coffee. And, you know, I couldn't get my wife's attention. <laughs> Luckily, I like it black, so it wasn't that uh, long. wasn't gone that long, and I'm and probably that has nothing to do with coffee. That's right. Uh huh. Um, and uh, I'm probably gonna really regret drinking coffee at seven o'clock uh, at night when I try to go to bed at midnight or one in the morning. But right now, I want it. So here's to making poor decisions. Uh, Caffeine shouldn't be affecting you that much later. Yeah, I know. But I'm all, you got to remember, I have those insomnia issues. So you never know. I, you're right. I should be fine as long as I don't. Well, normally I stop drinking coffee around one o'clock and I go to bed around nine. So I don't know how much of a buffer I actually need, but it's probably going to be more than this. <laughs> you are absolutely just old man river. It's a stray. The podcast party has already started. Goddamn right. We got Jay over there representing the juggalos. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> come on now oh uh, actually uh oh shit i thought elliot had this fight earlier it looked like he had uh, a couple good uh, things going on but apparently not 
No, there's a couple decent kind of scrambles there. He was working, he was working for an armbar at one point that uh, slipped out, but yeah, I don't know who took that first round. I saw about half of it. Oh shit! I thought uh, I thought the the other guy just worked out a fucking uh, submission. I didn't realize that that uh, was the end of the round. I don't have sound on. I was like, wow, that was a fucking quick submission. I didn't even think he had that locked in. <laughs> yeah, that was the round. And there's this big clock that's on the screen. Yeah, and it goes away in the last ten seconds. I just happened to glance over it just that it was as it was ending. <laughs> Likely story. <laughs> well, you know, you know what I'm going to do about that. Where's your white claw, motherfucker? I don't oh, that's drink right. White Claw on right. six-hour podcasts because I don't want right. to piss every ten minutes. That's right. I forgot about that. So, what are you drinking tonight? My standby of Jura Seven Wood. Ah, uh, there you go. I uh, am not drinking anything at all, and with my stomach issues, I probably won't drink anything ever again, uh, just because you know um, I can't drink enough to make it fun anymore. So, why risk stomach issues for just like one or two, right? Well, just take like a, you know, just take like an eyedropper and get some like Everclear or something and just, you know, keister it. <laughs> That's fine. No, you know what? It, it's it's fine. I actually don't care about drinking enough to make me feel sad about it. Um, I, I had my drinking days. Uh, I had my fun. I'm, I'm good with uh, not drinking anymore. Man, this has been a pretty good fight so far, though, despite the fact that I'm barely paying attention to it. Um. They've been pretty no, active. He's pretty slick, but yeah, he's he doesn't seem to be getting what he's looking for. I don't know what's going on. Like he hasn't even thrown much as far as like strikes. He just keeps, no, no. seems to be kind of grabbing. Yeah, I think I think maybe you uh, he might have got popped once or twice early in round one. Decided he didn't want none of that. Although I didn't actually see that, so I'm just like making guesses on his motivation at this point. God damn it! Where's Tenor? I know he has some people over right now, but like I want to figure out what this is called. It's almost oh. like a modified rubber guard that he has right now. Like I've never seen that. Yeah, yeah, that is kind of a. Oh, okay, well he, he let just it go lost now, but, it, but yeah, oh. like that was a. I've never. Well, number one, I've never done that position, but number two, I don't even think I've seen it in that way. Well, you know what? I think we might be matched up right now. I've got three thirty-seven, three thirty-six, three thirty-five, three thirty-one. Okay, so you're a couple seconds ahead of me now. How the fuck did that happen? <laughs> I didn't realize it was a race. Jesus Christ, right? That Detroit internet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, down in downtown Detroit, they uh, actually installed some super duper fucking fast uh, internet, just like in the downtown area, like Rocket Fiber, they call it, or some shit like that. Are you familiar with any of that kind of stuff? Well, I mean, it just sounds like branding of just super high speed connections. Like any big city has that. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, apparently, you know, we were behind the times. <laughs> I actually probably had it for a while. I just remember them talking about it. I'm like, well, that's nice. I love to get that super duper fucking high fast uh, speed internet, but I'm like, you know, 20 or 30 miles from it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's Michigan. I, I understand most people there are still on AOL, but, you know, eventually <laughs> you'll get with the times. Yeah, fucking Comcast. You know, they piss me off so much sometimes. Uh, they charge me, I think, uh, $64 a month. Uh, for uh, basis for the basic internet, and that's that's all I have. Um, 
the thing is, I do not have any other options. There's no Wow Internet. There's no AT&T. There's no other Internet options in my area besides Comcast. And Comcast knows this. You know how I know Comcast knows this? Because my buddy who lives in Warren, like 15 miles away or something like that, pays $39.95 a month for the exact same fucking thing I paid basically $65 for. Why? Because Warren has all kinds of different options for their Internet, so they know that they can leave Comcast. Uh Comcast knowing I can't leave them for fucking nothing charges me basically another, you know, 15, 20 bucks for no reason. Oh, shit. Uh oh. Elliot's in trouble here. Oh, wow. Yeah, there it goes. Oh, is he, is he going to get him? Yeah, oh, that's yeah. too bad. Wow. Wow. I did not see that one coming. Elliot was getting the better of the earlier part of that round, but yeah, he got caught. All right. Uh, I, I like that. The, the guy was, uh, the winner was pretty respectful about it. Yeah. I was, uh, he should have given him a minute before he wanted to bond, but. <laughs> Let's see the replay here. Yeah. That looked like it was in pretty fucking tight. Well, obviously it was. Otherwise he wouldn't have uh, tapped, but. He just, he did great in that scramble. Like that's one thing that Elliot's pretty good with is initiating some of those some of those unconventional scrambles, but the way he transitioned from trying to take the back to taking that head and arm choke, like that was, that was smooth. Yeah. Yeah. Kid's pretty slick. Well, you know, coming into the, coming to the octagon gone with that kind of haircut, you know, what do you expect? <laughs> Elliot's always had really stupid hair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good fighter, stupid hair. Not that I'm one to talk. What, what's I've had some with pretty dumb hairstyles over really the years, I admit. Like, do they just literally do it because they know nobody's going to talk shit about it? It's like, is that the thing? Uh, I think it's uh, what happens when you give someone a uh, a lot of self-confidence in certain cases. They it, It's not that they don't think people are going to talk shit. They truly don't care, I assume, and because they, they think they look good, and that's the only important part. So good for them on that part. Uh, but obviously, sometimes they're wrong. <laughs> and you are right. Sylvia? Oh, God. He's had some fucked like, up haircut. He always looked terrible. Yeah. Poor Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> one of the most maligned uh, heavyweight champions in UFC history. You know, didn't get hardly any credit just because the, of the caliber of people that were in the UFC heavyweight division when he was champion and the fact that he just looked awkward when he was fighting. So it, it, it detracted from the skill that he actually had. Well, I mean, it wasn't just looked. He just, he, he, no. he was fucking awkward. Yeah, yeah, but he used to, he he was an effective fighter. Uh, you know, in certain cases, that's uh, that's helpful. Like, it, I imagine it's probably hard to get a good read off of him because of how awkward he was in his fighting style. Yeah, now you're just making ex excuses for him. It's Tim. I like Tim. I like Tim Sylvia. He made the most out of being an absolute shit athlete. I'll give him that. Right, exactly. I mean, you know, do you know how much you know how much uh, time he must have had to put in training to get to where he was, uh, being unathletic and not and not gifted. Uh, he probably had to put twice the time in as the average fighter just to get where he was. Well, yeah, he had a, a great fucking worth that work ethic. He just was not dealt a very good uh, genetic hand. Right, right. He got tall, and that's all he got. <laughs> he didn't get the rest of it because <laughs> tall yeah, obviously tall, is helpful. And then he got just super, super awkward.
Right, right, right. Because Tal's obviously helpful in any fighting situation. Uh, awkward, not so much. <laughs> but credit Tal to him. great if you use it. Oh, Stray's saying that Miltich said he was the the most motivated guy he'd ever met. So apparently I, that's exactly what it was. He, he just fucking put the work in. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I just oh, wish so he... That, I mean, yeah. the, the, the saying is there, right? So like hard work beats talent until the talent works hard right exactly <laughs> i mean it's a nice motivation thing you know you know, work hard and be a champion but it's not that's not the truth uh, not everyone can be a winner um and w- when the more talented people put in the effort they're going to they're the ones that are going to win uh, you know, I've, uh, I've been into things in my life where I was competitive. It was, uh, not physical stuff, but it was more like stuff like video games and things like that. Uh, but in some of them, I put tons of work in you know, and I was really good at it until I met somebody who was really good at it and put tons of work into it. You know, uh, there's, t- there's different levels to everything. And in certain cases, you're just not going to be as good as you want to be. And there's nothing you can do about it. Right. It It is just that. And like, I learned that. So I talked about the time that I was able to, to have a wrestling practice with Kale Sanderson. Like it was that at that point, I knew that no matter how much I worked, I was never going to be that guy. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's just not in the cards. Like he is just that far ahead that like I could work my balls off every day of my life from sunrise to sunset and I'm not beating him. Right. Right. And you see that with different things. Uh, here's a good example. Uh, when I was 40, uh, I decided I wanted to uh, take up playing bass. Uh, so I, I got a bass guitar and I use rocks, rocksmith to learn. And I don't put it as much time as it, as into it as I should, uh, to get good, but I have been playing for about six years. Uh, I'm not as good as like your average 16 year old that's been playing for six months. Uh, cause t- it's not something I'm good at. I can work hard at it and get okay. Uh, but I'm never going to be good at it. I can tell it's just not my skill. Uh, you know, I know enough mus- musicians that were way better than I am when they were like 15, 16, 17 years old after playing for six months to a year or so. So I know that I'm not musically talented and it is a bummer in a lot of cases to, to know that you can't do something that you want to do well and you never will. Well, we found that out. So when you were doing the, uh, you know, the OG karaoke, we definitely found out that you don't necessarily have rhythm or great hand-eye coordination. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, now, I think the karaoke thing that's funny, I think it would be possible for me to be a okay singer if I picked the correct songs. Um, singing is a funny thing. Uh, lots of people are good singers when they are singing their own shit. Um, we, when you hear people being a poor singer, it's normally when they're trying to sing someone else's songs and they're trying to sing like that person. I firmly think almost anybody can become a decent singer if they learn how to sing their own way. Uh, I've never learned to do that for the most part. So I am a terrible singer, <laughs> um, but I think anybody that takes training and, you know, you know, vocal training to learn how to sing correctly, probably could be at least a passable singer. Yeah, vocal training is for nerds. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's it's so the impressive people are the ones that do their own songs and other people's songs both equally well. 
Um, I know I get crap for it a lot of times, but one of the reasons I think uh, Puddle's Pity Party is so good is not because he's a great singer. He is a great singer, but he knows his own voice. Uh, like when he does someone else's song, he doesn't try to sound like them. He changes the song, including sometimes the entire beat and timing for it to fit his style. And that's how he sounds good that way. Um, so I, and I think a lot of people that try to sing and sound horrible would actually be okay singers if they learn to sing in their own style. Yeah. You just like clowns. <laughs> no, not even a little bit. Uh, them ICP. Like, <laughs> goddamn pal. Yeah. Have you ever been to a circus? I've, uh, I went to one when I was think uh, like eight or nine or 10 and I barely remember it. But, uh, uh, I don't remember it being that much fun, to be honest with you. <laughs> the most memorable thing I think I remember from it was like a clown uh, dressed dressed like a hobo type clown, not like you know, the silent clown going around playing uh, uh, tricks on little kids. Uh, like he had a dollar on a, on a on like an invisible piece of like fishing wire, uh, fishing line rather, with a uh, device underneath his. Uh, coat sleeve where he, if he yanked it really quick it'd zip up back to him so he would come up to little kids and drop it on the ground behind him and say hey did you drop that dollar you know and the little kid would go grab for the dollar and he'd zip, zip it back up to his hand he goes oh i think this one's mine yeah um no yeah. i cannot so, remember ever going to a circus i have no desire to go to one yeah just no no yeah i mean you know uh, to me circuses are like the worst form of entertainment i don't like uh uh, no one can tell me that the, the circus animals are having a good time there. And apparently that's pretty much went away for, uh, for the most part nowadays. But back then in the eighties and stuff, it was very prevalent uh, for circuses to have elephants and tigers and all that good shit. And that's not a good time for the elephants or tigers. Yeah. Fuck those people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, see, I, I feel uh, hypoc hypocritical about the, my attitude about zoos. I love zoos. Zoos are awesome. But uh, for the most part, they, they suck ass for the animals, no matter. Uh, and some zoos do go a long way toward creating their environment. And I don't think it's a horrible experience for the uh, animal, but it's not as good as if like they were just on their, you know, doing their thing in the wild. Uh, did you ever see Joe Rogan's bit about that? Yeah, I'm not a fan of zoos at all, and I kind of share kind of some of the thoughts from that bit. It's, yeah. yeah, just not a fan of it. There are some that actually are okay. There are some that are there for, like, conservation purposes. But, yeah, otherwise it is animal prison. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, and I realize in some cases there's uh, species that are only around because of the zoo's efforts to keep them around. Um, so I understand they're doing a good thing. Uh, as for animals as a whole, but for animals as individuals, it has to suck, you know? And like I said, I feel bad about the fact that I like going to them occasionally, uh, occasionally I've been, I can't really say that I went to the Detroit zoo once, uh, 10 years ago. <laughs> That's the only time I've ever been, but I enjoyed going there. So I liked, really liked seeing all the animals. And it was a good experience for me, uh, which makes me feel bad because, you know, apparently I'm, I support the uh, animal prison. Yeah, apparently. You're a terrible, terrible human being. <laughs> well, we already know about that. Oh, let's see. So uh, they're setting up the next fight. Uh, I don't have no clue who's fighting next, but I guess it doesn't really matter because no one cares who's fighting next. This is such a shitty card. I mean, some of the fights have been good, but goddamn, dude, no name brand value at all. I think this is that uh, Jamahal Kill Hill kid. Oh, fucking A. That guy's got such a cool name. So you want to be just going forward, Jamahal J? 
Jamal Hall, Jesus Christ, wouldn't that can we make that happen? Could that be a thing? Jamal Hall no, because J. You would never be able to say it. Jamal Hall J. Yeah, I got that down. It's got like a rhythm, a cadence to it. So, you know, I, I as as you know, I'm a very rhythm rhythmatic person, so I I feel that myself. Yeah. About that. <laughs> no, not so much. No, no, not at <laughs> okay. all. Okay. I think my coffee's probably cooled down enough for me to have a sip and see. Mmm. Oh, that's fucking horrible. <laughs> it's funny. I like the taste of black coffee, but I also hate it. You know, it's uh, um, I've, I've gotten so used to drinking it, but mostly because I'm so fucking lazy that I'd rather drink black coffee than take the time to like portion it into it and stir it and stuff like that. I uh, I actually got uh, used to it while, during my first health kick. You know, when I tried to cut sugar out of my uh, diet entirely, uh, and you know, coffee creamer has some sugar in it, so I just stopped putting it in it entirely, which I love. I love a good you know cup of coffee with like flavored creamer in it. It's delicious. I, I let myself have one a day. In the, in the morning, my first cup of coffee, I want it right now because uh, I'm normally in a hurry. So I pour a little of coffee creamer into it to flavor it up and cool it down. I'm probably going to go back to not doing that and just dropping an ice cube in my cup of coffee in the morning. Because in the morning, I'm in a hurry. I get up, I make coffee. I want that coffee right away. And then I'm, I'm going to go about getting ready for the day. And I want to be able to drink the coffee right away, not wait 15 minutes for it to cool down. So normally, I'd like pour three quarters of a cup of coffee and then drop an ice cube in it. Yeah, for anyone that is big about coffee with a bunch of cream and sugar and shit like that, like you don't actually like coffee. You right. like caffeine. You like caffeine and sugar and dairy. Like the coffee is is not not a thing. Right, exactly. It's not it's not even the main component at a certain point. And I do have a latte machine. Uh but uh to, for, for me, that's basically no different uh, than the flavored coffee because all it is is a shot of espresso. I put a little bit of the uh, creamer into it and then, you know, hot milk and some foam on top of it. And so it's as far as like, you know, bad for you, it's no, it's no worse than the uh, morning cup of coffee I have if I put creamer into it. Uh, but I like drinking coffee. So that's my rule. I get one. Uh, after that, uh, the three to four to five cups I drink a, a day are all black. Yeah, that might be a little excessive. Yeah, I know. You should probably yeah. cut back on that. It's, it's shit. It's about as healthy as you can get. I mean, black coffee doesn't have any fucking calories. Um, caffeine's yeah, not horrible for you. Be, you shouldn't be spiking caffeine that often. No, you don't think so? Oh, God, that'd no. be hard for me to get off of. It, it's uh, not that I don't, uh, I don't think drink so. pop like, at I, all I anymore, which I'm proud things. of. Yeah, Jay. Like, no. Like, well, I don't. Should... <laughs> when I say stuff like, oh, you, you think so, that's not that I'm questioning your knowledge. Sorry, that's just my speaking style. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. Well, really? It, it, uh, but you push back an awful lot on things that you know I'm right about. Oh, well, yeah. That, like I said, that's just my speaking style. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not that I'm questioning your knowledge. It's just when you say something that uh, I. Uh, that you um, don't like? Don't like, yeah. It takes me a, it takes me a little while to uh, register it. So, I'll normally ask for more information about the subject. You know, I'm not saying I'm not saying I don't think you're lying to me or speaking at your ass. When I stuff say stuff like really, it's that's what it is. It's an instinctual, oh, I don't want to hear that kind of shit. <laughs> yeah, a cup of black coffee in the morning and or right before a workout is okay. But past that, no. God damn. Well, okay, let me think. Get up in the morning, I have that one. Another I'm thinking, God, this it'll be harder at work because you know, that's pretty much all I drink at work is coffee. Um yeah, but so, so, let me think, because I do stop at one. So it's probably three cups a day. So it's it's not ridiculously horrible. So you think two should be my max? 
Well, it depends on where when they are, right? It depends on when you're working out. Right. So I get up. Okay. Let's see when I ever get back to normal schedule, get up in the morning, have a cup of coffee while I'm getting ready. And then I work out. Then I take a shower, get dressed for work, uh, go to work and grab a, a, a cup of coffee, uh, a fairly yeah, so big get one. Get rid too. of that one. Okay. And then around nine o'clock, I grab a, another cup of coffee. And then you get rid of that. And then that's, then that's normally it for coffee when I'm at work. Cause I, I don't drink coffee after I uh, come back from lunch around which is like 11 o'clock so after that i switch over to water sometimes if i'm really 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 tired i might have a cup of coffee at uh, at like noon or uh, one o'clock but then but that's kind of rare so yeah, for the most part three cups of coffee a day yeah so we need to get you down to one and that one should always just be black coffee should not be the dairy and sugar and non-coffee caffeine system <clears throat> but the speed's fine, right? Oh, 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 oh sorry. Yeah, you okay there, Chief? Goddamn, pal. <laughs> sorry. Even the dog's wondering if you're dying. <laughs> I might be. <clears throat> sorry, guys. I should mute. I should mute my. I never knew drinking coffee was like this difficult. Oh, sorry about. That. Yeah, no, it wasn't the coffee. <laughs> and yesterday, the coffee is delicious. Um, yeah, but I am glad I got used to drinking a black. If nothing else, my, it appeals to my laziness. I just like running and getting a cup of coffee and going out with my day as opposed to spending five minutes preparing it and stirring shit and measuring shit and all that good stuff. Plus, as Stray pointed out, it's probably the manliest thing I do. <laughs> oh, there, hey, we've got a collar. That is a good point. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing, Stray? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're excellent. <laughs> Ryan, what's going on, buddy? Not much. How you doing, boss? I'm good. Hey, I have missed the ch- I've missed uh, the show pretty much for the last two weeks because work got busy. But um, I was asking in the chat. Nobody's really getting back. Has anybody committed to calling in for the for the main card? Yeah. So tenor should be around. Um, I think Grad was going to see if he's going to be around who knows about you know uncle canada on a weekend with his <laughs> uh yeah his ingestion habits i think homelander his schedule is still all fucked so who knows there and then obviously we never know like if we have a uh a sly sighting yeah <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah so... I'm, oh go ahead i'm gonna go i'm gonna go beat the shit on my bowflex for about an hour and then I'm going to get in on that, uh, hopefully get in on that main card with you guys. I've been looking awesome. forward to it. So Excellent. I understand it's a, I understand it's a pretty shitty card. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure the fights will be great, but yeah, it's not exactly a, a big name uh, card by any means. It's no, been decent. I think good. we've had all, we've had all stoppages so far. So yeah. Good. Uh, yeah. That's a, just, a it's, bad fight. it's funny. You know what? A lot of times looking back, Dog, cars that look like dog shit on paper sometimes produce the the best scrap. So, uh, you know, no, I think you're right. I think I think a big part of it is these people are people that don't get a lot of opportunities to fight under the big lights like the big names do. So they make the most of their opportunity. Well, yeah. you got nothing to lose if if you go out and you make a great showing. All of a sudden, you're like on a, a pay per view card making more money, and if you lose, you're on another fight pass card. Right, right. Like, the, well, apparently, speaking of losing, this guy looks like he needs to lose a couple few pounds. That is one soft-looking light heavyweight, isn't he? 
<laughs> yeah, he's, he's got a little love handle going on there. Yeah, that's not a good. That's not a good sign. <laughs> that's a good sign at all. Clearly, he could be fighting at middleweight. That's uh, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, some of those people are better. Like, you think about Kevin Gastelum. Yeah. Like he fights so much better at middleweight than he ever did at welterweight, and he definitely looks like he can make welterweight. Oh, this guy's fighting out at Grand Rapids. It's interesting too. I think a lot of times people equate good cardio with being super lean or looking super conditioned, but some of the biggest cardio machines that we've seen, even at heavyweight, don't look they don't look like they should be. That's true. Well, like That's Kane, true. when he was known for being a just a cardio king, hundred like percent shredded. No, yeah, and, yeah. and I wonder, I wonder too, like those guys that look like that. Even going back to pre USADA, I think it hurt their marketability. They just didn't really, you know, you get a guy like, um, oh, you get anybody like Brock or or somebody that looks, you know, just jacked like. Um, Oh Matt, who just who just fought last weekend? Um, kickboxer, K one guy. Oh, Overing. Overing. Yeah, so Alistair. I mean, those guys were super super marketable. Even if they didn't have like, even if they didn't give good interviews, they weren't even all that dynamic. Like if Chet Congo, like he's one of the most boring fighters I can think of in the in the last. Ten years and yeah, that's true. the guy that he's horrible to watch, but he looks like an absolute freak. So I think there's value in that. But yeah, it's just even guys like Cormier, he he's got a gas tank for days, and he does not look like he should. No, that's very true. I mean, like Roy Roy uh, Roy Nelson is not exactly a cardio machine, but he does have way better cardio than you'd expect him to. Well, well I mean, he was just fat, fat. Like, right? Yeah. Difference. But on the Cormier idea, like, yes, if he looked like even remotely ripped, people would always be talking about him as one of the greatest fighters of all time. Some people yeah. do, like a lot of people that are really into the sport have a lot of respect for Cormier, given like his only losses are fucking John Jones and Stipe. Otherwise, he steamrolled everybody. But he because doesn't you... look like a badass. No, and he doesn't. He doesn't. That's not his personality either. You remember he kind of tried to do the the hard ass routine for a while, and he just had to. He just gave it up. He just said, "Boys, I've I tried. It's just not. It's just not me." And he moved on and sort of apologized for the for the shtick, right? Well, yeah, he was but, like the anti John Jones, if you think about it, right? So like John Jones always tries to play like the Bible thumping nice guy, and he's a piece of shit. Yeah. And then Cormier tried to play the heel, and he's like. I can't do like I. I have to go coach my son's wrestling team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember, uh, Rory did it for a while too. Rory McDonald tried to be, tried to market himself a little bit better, be edgier, and it just was so flat. I mean, I love Rory. I think he's produced a couple of the greatest fights in the last few decades. But he tried that route, and it just did not work. He went back to kind of just being that meek and mild personality, and it and that just fit for him. Well, this goes back to the the professional wrestling kind of concept of to truly be like a great character or to kind of fit the marketing. Really what you need to do is you need to find that aspect of yourself that's entertaining and just turn it to 11. You can't fake it. Right. 
Well, yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, it has oh. to be. It has to be grounded in in some sort of reality, right? You can't just completely go out and and wing it, like Colby, right? Like, um, there's got to be some aspect. Like everybody gives them slack in the sense that they say, "Oh, it's just a shtick. It's just a stick." But there has to be that. That has to be part of them somewhere in there. Right. It, exactly. It doesn't come from it, nothing. But not to the point that like it's super believable. Like with him, it's kind of that that point where it's cringe, where it's like, no, this guy's putting on an act where he, if you hear the same exact things that Colby is saying, if you heard it from Connor, like you would believe it and he would pull in a million pay-per-view buys. Right, yeah. right, yeah. yeah, Exactly, it has to be believable. If it's not, it's a big turnoff because no one wants to feel like they're getting played. Well, and then you've got the flip side is you've got the guys like, you know, Rich Franklin or GSP or these guys that by all accounts are super professional, super classy, respectful human beings. And, and they're, I mean, people knock George for this and that, but I don't think anybody's come out and called the guy a phony. Maybe Diaz did, but um, that didn't, <laughs> that didn't work out too well for him. He could piss George off and um, hey, tenor's actually in the chat now. I don't know when he got here, but he's been, he's in, been out. in and out. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you know it, that's a good point. Uh, like uh, GSP, no one considers them a fake person, uh, and I like that kind of uh, personality a lot better. Uh, I like the respectful martial artist, you know, that thinks it's just a job and they're just there to compete, as opposed to uh, you know the fighters that look at it like a life and death fight. You know, you're my enemy now; I must beat you. Well, you've spoken about that before, and we we do share that. That goes back for me way back to boxing, and you know, my dad sort of educated me on boxing and that and there were always those sort of like those just classy warrior types that didn't need to make it sort of a you know a feud or or but that being said you can see the value in it most of George's fights that I look forward to the most were when the other guy on the other side of the the cage had done all that shit talking and I just wanted to see George beat the hell out of him so you know it looks like I always compared it sort of to um, like, I'm not a fan of Tiger Woods. I respect the guy. I think he's an unbelievable athlete, probably the most dominant athlete in an individual sport we've seen in a long, long time, maybe ever. Um, but I didn't, I, I like watching him because I like seeing guys chase him, seeing guys beat him. Um, it's the same as the New York Yankees. You either love them or you hate them. And I like seeing my teams try to try to beat them down. Yeah, right. you sort of do need that aspect, but I will always cheer for the Georges or, um, you know, like the Rich Franklin. There's a there's a ton of guys out there that fit that bill, but those are the guys that I always wanted to rep. Yep, yep. There you go, and that's uh, that's entirely true. And you uh, brought up a good point with uh, which I completely forgot right afterwards. Give me a second here, <laughs> Ryan, save me. Yeah, what what an excellent point that I cannot remember for eight fucking set. Yeah, god damn it, Jay. <laughs> what were we talking about? Let me hit this instead. <laughs> but no, it, it, it is true. It's uh, And like Rich Franklin's a great example of that. Could you have a better ambassador for MMA than Rich Franklin? He, you know, he should have been way, he should have been a superstar. I mean, obviously he was a, a good, uh, as far as MMA goes, he was a big star. But god damn, if you... You couldn't pick a, pick a better person to put out into the public and say, hey, this is an MMA fighter. 
it you know what? On Anderson that, Silva arrived. Ah, <laughs> that that was it. That's still. I was a big fan of Riches, and that was a tough. And I was not yeah. a fan of. Um, was not for the exact same reason. I was not a fan of of Anderson's. Um, and I don't know exactly. We used to go back and, and when Anderson started punking his opponents and stuff. And there's a lot of speculation, I guess, why he was doing that. It, some people think it was legitimately part of his game plan to to suck people out and and, and get offensive and out of frustration. And then he would pick them apart with the countering. And I think there's certainly some credence to that. But I also just think he was getting bored and he started doing stupid shit to – you know, to entertain himself almost because he, he had a ton of fights where he just walked through guys. And then, you know, Chris Weidman happened just like uh, Anderson Silva happened to, to rich, but um, yeah, came, you know came, came from, came at him from a direction he was not expecting. <laughs> oh, that was a phenomenal fight. But uh, you know what? I met rich Franklin. I, it was, I think I mentioned this before I, I got lucky. I ended up doing, uh, the ring walks for UFC 115. And I got to meet all those guys. I got to meet Chuck. I walked Chuck and, and uh, Rich into the ring. I walked Rich out of the ring after he had his arm broken. Kind of, it was a, there's like a lot of really cool stories from that night. But Rich was genuinely concerned about Chuck after the fight. And Chuck was, they didn't really, I think, if you guys remember, that's the one where Dana actually went up to the podium and he said, he, he essentially retired Chuck at the podium and said, that's his last fight. He won't fight for the UFC because the reason for that, and I don't know if it was ever really shared you know, publicly, but Chuck was so fucked up after that fight. It took my buddy actually walked him from the ring and he never recovered. Like they put him in the medical tent. He was still completely out to lunch. We used to call it the goldfish routine where you ask the same question, like you're concussed or you're, you know, you've been knocked out and you're asking the same question or the same two or three questions over and over and over. You get the answers and then you just start back into the same questions. And he was doing that. And Dana actually um, was there when he was struggling with all that stuff. And by the time Dana got to the podium, he was a little bit rattled. Obviously, it's his body and all that. And Rich, who I had to stay with um, until we got him to the back. The, first, the only thing that Rich wanted to do, he didn't even care about his arm, even though it was like the pain had fully set in by that point. The adrenaline had worn off. All he wanted to do was go in, and check on Chuck. And it was just, it was kind of cool that, you know, at the end of it all, those guys, you know, unless there's some sort of long-standing rivalry or guys just don't like each other, they, they don't like hurting you know, the guy that they're standing in front of. Yeah. yeah the whole yeah. Chuck thing is just, that was so terrible to watch. Like, I think he should have. And I mean, we can all look back and say like a fighter should have done this, but if he would have just retired after that war with uh Vanderlei, like that would have been the perfect send off because otherwise yeah. he, you know, he went in there, lost five of six. Like the fight with Vanderlei was closer than it should have been for like a, a prime Liddell. And he just kept taking all that punishment. Like Rampage beat him for the title. He took quite a bit of punishment there. He lost to fucking Keith Jardine. Like that's not a Chuck thing to do. But he has that. So I think, I think Rashad took his chin though. Like Rashad, that knockout with, from Rashad was, was brutal 
late. Well, and, and I then, think it I was mean, already kind of getting withered down by those three prior fights with Rampage, right. Jardine, then Silva, and then Evans just ended it. And then Liddell goes back out there against Shogun and then finally has that Franklin fight. Like, yeah, his chin just kind of fell off a cliff. Man, and I'd, yeah. and I'd forgotten about that uh, Franklin-Liddell uh, fight. I remember god being you know because i'm such big fans of both of them uh you know i knew that franklin probably had this uh, fight in hand because uh, we already s had seen what liddell was like the last couple of fights um but i was still concerned for both of them it's one of that was one of the few fights where i really didn't know who i wanted to win well i i definitely knew but i i was yeah. pulling for rich but in the back, when we, because we ended up walking every fighter out, and I ended up walking out with all the winners, just the way, that's just how they, they break up that. It was actually, the way they do pay-per-views and the way they do fight nights is totally different. Um, so the pay-per-view has the big, there's like a huge production that goes into it where they, they have like uh, the pod, essentially, where they walk the fighter into the pod of four guys. And then you walk out as a group. We've seen it, you know, a million times, right? It's, they haven't really changed that. And in the back, though, you're standing in the pod. we That's what we were doing. And Chuck, they bring the fighters out. And Chuck was in the back, and he was with, um, is it Hackleman, I guess. And he, when Chuck kind of turned around, he was so amped up. He was so, like, wired. You could feel you could feel the energy from him. And he looked amazing. Like Chuck always had that little, you know, that little paunch kind of thing. That just, yeah. Just naturally, no matter how in shape he was, he just kind of had that little tummy or whatever. But he he looked as lean as in and is in good a shape as I've seen him in a long time. And out of all the guys, maybe Carlos Condit had more of like an energy or an aura kind of about him. But Chuck was just on a whole different wavelength. He was absolutely ready for that fight and was doing really well. I mean, Rich is, when you break, I mean, they call it a nightstick break where you break your forearm from a strike. And um, he was in tons of trouble and he was actually completely defensive at that point. So, I mean, Chuck's chin was, was that was his last fight. I don't think he's ever fought since that fight. Well, well, that Tito fight that should have never Oh, happened. right, right, right. Was that, that was yeah. Golden Boy, wasn't it? Yeah, because. Yeah, that was, like, how was that ever allowed by a commission? Like, you could see that Liddell had no business being anywhere near a cage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and to lose to Tito after the two, the, I just don't know why he'd risk it. He must have thought he could win or he. He needed the money, money that badly. Yeah, maybe. His money and like guys like that, like Liddell is a fucking warrior. Like you cannot take that away from him. Like you could go and challenge him to a fight today and he would fight you in a fucking back alley. Like that is Chuck Liddell. Like, you got to <laughs> save these guys from themselves. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, and that's why you need good management for it. And it's 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 hard because they're grown they're grown men. You can't make them do anything. So you know, uh, even if you have a good manager and you know, uh, well, you good can. friends telling you that could do their fucking job. Yeah, well, commissions and you know, we can't we can't trust them to keep fighters safe. Obviously, it's just sad that because uh, you know, and obviously, I, you I would assume that Chuck had people telling him that it was a bad idea. Well, Dana wouldn't let him fight. I mean, and. Say what you want about Dana, but 
I, I truly believe that he had Chuck's best interest in mind. I mean, yeah. he gave him a job. He gave him, he employed him, right, in, in a completely He was bullshit. giving him a six-figure, yeah, he was giving a six-figure yeah. salary to just be associated with the UFC. Yeah, right, it was a yeah. Chuck. Yeah, and that's the only reason he took up fighting again is because they sold the company and ended the gravy so, train. Yeah, I think him and Hughes and all those guys that were just kind of on the company teeth were, they, they cut all that pretty right. much Chuck. immediately. Right. Isn't Forrest the only one who still has his job out of that group? Well, I think the only reason he has the job out of that group is he is pretty involved with the uh, performance center. So like he was more of a day to day, actually doing some work kind of guy with a lot of those other ones where they had almost more like legend contracts where, Hey, you're getting this salary. If we ask you to go here, there and make an appearance, just go do it. Right, right, right. While Forrest was like, Hey, uh, you know, we can actually use this guy for him for some stuff around our gym. Right, yeah, he had like the most active role of any of those kind of kind of legacy guys. Right. <clears throat> well, damn, through poor planning, I have no snacks near me. At some point, I'm going to have to go get something to fucking eat. I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> we can remember this is a six hour fucking show. I mean, you know, let's get let's uh, we're going to have to do something at some point for sustenance. Otherwise, we're all going to wither away to nothing. How long this is the, like uh... the first time? Like, you should be prepared. This is number prepared. four, Jay. This is big, no, it, big day, man. Number four, isn't it? Is it number three. five? I think it's three, isn't it's it? Three, yeah. We had the yeah. actual oh, okay. pay-per-view, then we had the uh, the Overeem. Oh, versus, right. You didn't, uh, you didn't do that Wednesday card. Right, no. Right, yeah, we, we will only do Saturday cards. Midweek right, right, is right. not a thing. Yeah, yeah. That's a, no, I can't expect that from anybody. You know, it's, it's rough enough on the weekends. Uh, at least, I, I don't know about you guys, but it throws me off for a day or two. Uh, I try to keep a certain sleep rhythm and staying up substantially longer than my normal uh, sleep uh, bedtime uh, for the next day or two. I'll feel it. If you hey, I, gotta, I can sleep in, but... Hey, I got to ask. When I check in on the chat, and I was I brought it up to the guys, sort of the, the regular guys on the chat, um... What's the deal with all these fucking names? Nobody is who they, I don't know who I'm talking to. It actually, I don't, I'm not a fan of it. I don't know if that's for the trolling shit they're doing or. Sometimes. Yeah. It's a couple people. Like, so it's like forest and I think team evil bad guys might do it a little bit, but like the guys that like to troll the other pod bean podcasts. Yeah. I think they're just so used to having, you know, 7,000 names that they do that. And then every once in a while, Sly, you know, he he tries to troll, but obviously we can tell it. Poor guy, he's just not very good at it. <laughs> yeah, he's too. Uh, yeah, he's a pretty straight laced guy, right? He's. I like the fact that he he gives it the old college try, but it just doesn't pan out for him. Yeah, no, no, not at all. Well, <laughs> really good guy, though. Really, I'm gonna bring it up. Hopefully, hopefully, a bunch of the guys get involved tonight because I'm gonna. What is it? Six your time, right? And I think it's oh shit, I don't even know what it is. My time. it's eight o'clock. It's eight o'clock my time. Shit. Okay, so yeah, I think it's six o'clock. The main card is for me, but yeah, I'm gonna tell those guys, man. When I get in here, um, I don't know. It it feels like when all their names are weird. It just it doesn't feel right. It's not like sure. you know, you get in here, you see all the guys that you're that you recognize. It's like. Yeah, you know, it's like it's kind of like family, and then you get in here, and I'm like, who the fuck, who the fuck is Ed? Whatever, I don't know these guys. Who the fuck right. is that guy? Who the no, fuck? I know, 
I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, we've kind of built a community here and, you know, like you have that, you want to have that sense of community when you come in here. Uh, that's a big appeal of the show. Uh, and if you don't know who the fuck anyone is, it's hard to have that sense of community. Um, of course, it's not all that. We did have some guy in here trying to troll me earlier. Did you guys see uh, passive no, Jay's no. penis? No, <laughs> no, neither of you in years. <laughs> it was someone uh, who who put who, or I think it was passive Jay's penis or passive Jay's dick. Uh, you know, the, his screen his his screen the picture was like just a picture of a tiny dick, and uh, he was just saying yeah he was just saying shitty things about me for like five or ten minutes. I ignored. Um, you know, ironically, I, I wanted to point out the fact that every time he posted on the uh, chat box, it raised my engagement score, which gave me a better chance of making it into the uh, top ten or top twenty for podcasts. So every time he said something shitty about me, he helped me out. So I, I just let him go ahead. <laughs> what? What was that? Because right when we, right when you guys first started all this, we were in the top ten. How does that change? Like, what is oh, well, that, that related well, to? Well, the way that works is that's only one hundred percent with the engagement score. So it's one hundred percent with uh, what's going on on the chat box. Uh, whenever someone makes a comment, it's like five points. Whenever someone listens for a certain amount of time, it's a certain amount of points. Uh, like if people uh, throw chip us, uh, throw us uh, Podbean points. Uh, uh, it's a pod points. It's, it counts for a certain amount of points. Like right now you see the engagement score is 209. Uh, and with the juicer having the highest score of 44, which means he's talked the most on the chat box or, or been listening the longest. Um, yeah, we can't <clears throat> see those things, Jay. Oh, sorry. I, I did not realize that. So the thing is, um, a lot of these people aren't making a on Podbeam are not making a podcast for people to listen to afterwards. So this is that's which is the main a part of our podcast. Uh, well, we're gonna have the Jusha call in. Uh, we we do this live because we want to have the ability to have guests be able to call in and do interviews. Oh my! Oh Holy shit! He's in a helicopter. Oh shit! Sorry, I'm in my mule. <laughs> hey, no, Jay. Hey, Jay. It's not only engagement, but uh, when people throw gifts at you guys, like I just sent you guys a clap, which is like like five cents, whatever. Right, right. So that's how that engagement source goes up. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. Well, whenever someone shoots us pod points, yeah. Right. 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 And I, I'll I'll uh, I'll echo what Stray was saying. It, it was fun at first, like like these guys coming in as random people, and, and they fuck with me on on the other podcast, so come in as the juicer and say, you know, hey, where can I find some girls under 12 or, you know, and then people don't know if it's actually not me. I mean, like literally I'll put my picture on there and they'll fuck around like that. And it was funny at first, but after a while, it gets a little, like you said, it's, it's kind of nice to, to know who you're talking to, you know? Right, exactly. That's Which is why I'm not a big fan of like all the alts and trolls on the other ground as well. Uh, just be who you are. If you if you feel the need to be a, a fake person, that's fine. But don't do it here. We you know we're all we're all hanging out together and just having fun. No, no need yeah, to troll yeah. the uh, no need to troll all community. <laughs> I right, think half right. Just, exactly. I think half time is just that they forget to change their fucking name back and they're too lazy to do it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, it was pretty. It was pretty brutal last night. You guys should have seen on this. Uh, was it the nonsense password? Uh, these guys were going nuts about this whole whole uh, Floyd thing, and it was. Whew, I didn't think of have a few smokes after that one. They were, they were. See, well, and the thing is, what they're all they're doing is helping our competitors to get a higher score when they go around and fucking their chat thing. Because that's what that's why a lot of these people are a higher score than us. Even though if you go look at their downloads, that they're, they're, a lot of these uh, 
uh, podcasts are having like 5, 10, 15, 20 downloads for each of their episodes. Uh, our episodes get anywhere between 50 and 100 downloads on average. Uh, so we're doing better than most of those uh, uh, podcasts uh, anyways. It's just because they take their uh, use their show to basically sit there and talk to people on the chat box back and forth. Um, it, they end up with a really high engagement score. Uh, we do, I try to talk to you guys uh, as much as I can, but I am aware of the fact that a lot of people listen to this show afterwards. So I, can't, I try to make it you know, something that you can listen to live or later on, which means I can't focus on the chat box as much as most of these people are doing. Right. Right. Well, it's good to um, it, it's good to um, still engage with the chat because then you're going to you're going to naturally have more engagement because the people on the ta- on the chat want to see that you're paying attention and and recognizing what they're saying or bring up what they've said. Maybe if, right. as long as it's relevant to the conversation. Right. Yeah, it kind of helps. So, it helps steer it a bit. Right. And I do try to do that, but it, you know, it's a case of, uh, you know, I'm watching for, make sure we're not getting phone calls. I I'm flipping from tab to tab, occasionally looking up topics and things like that. Uh, and I know Ryan tries to do it as well. Uh, so it is one of the things that I'm trying to get better at is interacting with the chat box while still having the, uh, show flow smoothly. Like when you go off on your tangent and all of a sudden we have 7,000 posts of Abort, Jay. Abort. <laughs> yeah, occasionally. Yeah, that, I, I and I do use that occasionally. I look at it and go, oh, okay, maybe. Okay, it's, you know, like when I when I get into complaining about shit's too long, uh, and I, I notice that on the chat box, everyone's like, okay, when can someone give me a call when he's done complaining about this stupid shit? I'm like, oh, okay. I, you know, I don't. The one, the one the other day, and I know Ryan picked up on it, but you went off on your shower. You detailed your shower step by step and oh, I was God. I was fucking dying and, and I was like holy shit it's like yeah I took off my left sock and then my right sock and then I stepped into the <laughs> I stepped into the shower I, I, I put my left foot in first and then uh, I got my whole body into the shower and, oh. I, I wipe my pits and then I get out and then I fucking oh, rinse off the fucking do-rag and then go back in and, yeah. I was like TMI Jay TMI <laughs> sorry <laughs> The visual starts forming in your fucking start start freaking out from the visual. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Occasionally, no, I go off the wrong tip. You know what? It's you know what? I'll be honest, Jay. Like everybody has their opinion. guys like, that share a bunch of shit on the OG or the UG or whatever it might be. And Tenor, myself, you, we all fall into that category. But it is, you learn a lot more about guys or you get a way better sense of what people are about when you hear, I don't know, obviously like Tenor comes on this show and you know the guys, he's a fucking good dude. I hope he's not listening to this, but um, (laughs) you know he's a good dude, right? You hear Ryan, Ryan's got awesome takes. Like I think Ryan is Canadian, he just doesn't know it because he thinks (laughs) like a fucking, he thinks like a Canadian most of the time. Well, I do but, say don't you know now and then, so it might be. Yeah, well, we'll mix in a few A's and you're good. But <laughs> And you're a Poutine fan, too. But, well, I'm no, just fat, so, like, that's a gift. <laughs> right. But I just think, you know, I don't know. You just you get a, a good sense from what people are all about when you, when you start listening to them, when they actually are speaking and stuff. And I don't know how I got off on this fucking tangent, but... You're talking um, about how awesome I really am and how people don't realize it. That's, <laughs> those are your words. 
But no, like, I, I don't know. It, it was like when you start going off about the shower, I just think it's funny. I, I, you know, we all have our quirks. We all have our whatever idiosyncrasies and shit, but um, it's cool. I wish more guys called in. I, um, early on, there was a guy that called in and was it Amazing Gracie, I think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's called, he, he called, called in a few times. But he's a great, he's great to listen to. He seems like a super solid guy. He's smart. Obviously, you know, he's has a good job. Like just it's nice to see that human side of it. Like we we spent so much fucking time on the OG, most of us, like Juicer, myself, Tenor. I, I'm not on there like I used to be just because of my job has changed. But um, you know, you have like you have personalities, you've got e buddies on there. I've met I know I've said it before, but I've actually made like real life friends on there. Like I, I probably haven't mentioned it, but um, Smithy, uh, I've, I've hung out with Smithy a handful of times and he's in, he's a fantastic guy, you know? And so it would be nice if, if more guys got in the chat, more guys use their screen names from the OG. So, you know, who's actually, mm-hmm. who's who, but. Well, I, you know, and I hate to say it though. I am, a di- diversive person on that uh, forum. Uh, so divisive? I, the, the, oh, sorry, I'm not even going to try again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very diverse. Yeah, uh, no, I'm not even going to try. You guys know the word I'm going for. So I honestly think this show might actually do better if it was someone else was hosting it. And but I'm okay with that. Um, not everyone's going to like me. Uh, but like you're speaking about Stray, I think. I'm probably misunderstood on that forum. At least I like to think I am. I think my, most of the people that are not fans with me, if I could get them on the show and just speak with them about the issues that they have with me, I think nine times out of 10, they wouldn't have issues with me afterwards. Or if they did, they wouldn't at least be so Nazi hate like about it. I, I think, I think there's a reason they don't call in. They have a, they have a perfect opportunity to call in and give you shit or challenge you on any number of things if they wanted to, but they don't. And go ahead. Just, I, oh shit! I got a call right in the middle of that. I, I think a lot of them hide behind the damn keyboard. They're just pussies, in my opinion. Uh, I don't. I really don't understand the J hate. I, I just don't get it. I mean, maybe it's a, it's kind of like a big brother type of, you know, noogie type of thing. But sometimes, you know, like you said, get on the. If you have a problem with Jay, get on the, get on the podcast and air it out. Otherwise, I, I, think- I just think that they're pussies. I think it go well. I do think I guarantee you, and I do to some degree. And no, Jay, I don't mean any disrespect, man. I do <laughs> understand sometimes where why Jay frustrates people. Um, I've posted a couple things that you know that frustrated me, and I've either apologized for it or or I've tried to post it in a way that is constructive. I'm not trying to be. I'm not mean spirited at all. So uh, you know, um, and I do kind of understand sometimes why he might ruffle feathers or whatever. But I also think that half those guys out there are fucking hypocrites and are most likely guilty of all those things that they, you know, say Jay is doing that frustrates them. So at the end of the day, we all have our fucking, we all have our challenges, right? And um, I guess my point earlier was that when you listen to Jay and you, you get a you get a better feel of what he's all about, whether you agree with seasonal work or any of that shit. That's that's his that's his business. I mean, he shares it, and that's the problem. Guys that put themselves out there are going to get 
they're going to get attacked. They're going to get, yeah, they're going to get that attention on the OG because there's a lot of miserable motherfuckers on there that just want to light guys up for fun. And really, they are just looking for that reaction when they get. Jay's pretty good about being cool. Like when he gets that that response or guys get frustrated, Jay doesn't really engage him in all that stuff. He doesn't get in the you know in the trenches with them. But you'll no. never win that. You'll never win that war when they want to go there and you don't really. Then let them let them have it. Yeah, exactly. And it's mostly I, I give I've given up on that sort of thing because it's just me repeating the same things over and over again and then them ignoring the things that I'm saying and going on with whatever their hate point is. Um, you know, can you guys give me half a second? I got a uh, issue with my dog. She she hasn't figured out the, the gate thing yet. So I'll be right back. <laughs> Unprofessional Jay strikes again. Now I'm going to have to go on a thread and call him out for it. Right, how many times have you stepped away? Leech on the government and everything else. God damn. Hey, heads up. I think I think he's back. Stop talking about him. Hey, Ryan, do you know why do you know why you keep showing as in the chat box it's got you joining like every two minutes? Just as No, that's not actually me, and I've run into this on the uh, the OG. There's a person with a steam, uh, screen name of Rock G. Yeah. And if you just glance at it, it looks like R.C. Is that not you that's in the chat box that keeps showing this? No. Oh, yeah, you're right. It is Rock G. That's <laughs> oh, weird. I've run into this so many times on the OG that I'll be scanning through a thread, and I'll see a post, and it looks like my name. And then I'll be like, God, did I say that? I have to look at it. I'm like, holy shit, that's not me. How many fucking white claws did I drink? <laughs> Just enough. Yeah. Um, and I want, I want before I forget, I want, did want to speak on uh, this one last thing. Uh, I'm definitely not a perfect person, and some people have very valid reasons to not like me. I can totally understand that. Uh, and I, a lot of things that they don't like about me, I'm not even going to argue about that. Yeah. In some cases, I agree. It's like, yeah, well, you know, that was kind of shitty. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't have done that or said that or whatever. And I, I apologize for it in the situation and moved on. Uh, but I think there are certain people that just dislike me honestly for their own reasons and use those reasons to incite other people. Uh, that's one of the few times why you will see me try to post on stuff is occasionally I try to at least uh, correct the obvious lies, you know, like I'm not off work six months out of the year, <laughs> um, you know, uh, and, and other things I see people post all the time that I've corrected enough times to know that these people know that they're lying and just want to like incite other people to dislike me. And that's the part I don't understand. It's like, why would you lie about stuff to make people, uh, a random guy on the internet that's never did shit to you, uh, you know, um, try to make him look bad. I just don't understand it. And or I'm sorry about that. I didn't like want to go off on a tangent. Or they could just be like me and just not like individuals that have one kidney. Like yeah, I like well, my people to have two. Exactly. Fuck those guys. <laughs> so sorry. Or so I didn't want to go on. I didn't want. To, I didn't want to go on a tangent Easy. like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, so is anybody actually watching a fight? <laughs> this has actually been a pretty good fight. These guys are yeah. growing. All right, hey, listen, I'm going to finish up what I'm doing here, and I will try to jump in on the main cart. We'll have Excellent. Some, uh, have a couple of drinks. All right, get Sounds your both bucks workout in. Okay, <laughs> see you in a bit. Get that thigh, man. Okay, <laughs> nice.
Hey, I'm going to drop off real quick. I, I, I had a question. Uh, maybe I didn't follow on the uh, thread. What happened with the, the theme song? Oh, uh, uh, I we, we picked out a winner, uh, and I'm just waiting for Ryan to do something with it. <laughs> oh, okay. And that's about yeah, it. Yeah. You, actually, yeah, you have to do some trimming and some things like that. But, yes, we do have a winner. Um, they are being sent their prizes. So uh, yep. we will post that once I uh, – once I do some trimming, there might be some issues with the submission, like some early parts of it that could get us in trouble in YouTube. So I'm just trying to get it worked out. Right, right. Or the he, uh, he, the uh, walk this way thing, or yeah, yeah, that riff in there, one, which is right? cool. And on, on certain levels, it's perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. And on certain levels, it's uh, perfectly fine. Uh, but if later on, if we actually do get big, we want to make sure that we don't have to like go back and re-edit all of our old shows. Right. Right. All right, man. Cool. Well, you guys enjoy the fight. I'll be listening in. I don't. I'm not watching the fight, so I'm not a good contributor for that. Oh, <laughs> well. Feel free to call in anytime, anyways. I mean, we're barely watching the fights too. So right. this podcast yeah. is about shooting the shit, boys, and then <laughs> right fighter, fighting comes like a distant eighth. Right. <laughs> oh, hey, another another question, Ryan. It's weird. Your uh, your avatar doesn't show up when you're on the, at least on the app. But if you go to the engagement, uh, if you go to the, if you click on it, it shows up. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I've noticed that, that too. Like I tried to update the thing and get it to where an avatar shows, and maybe it's something with blue stacks or something else. But yeah, it never seems to show, and we're actually you know doing uh, the show. Oh yeah, it's probably with blue stacks. Okay. Ah, uh, interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Another another note. I ended up getting my interface to work, but I ha basically I got an adapter for my phone, so I can actually connect the interface and my condenser mic to my iPhone and call in that way. Oh, wow. So, really? That was kind of interesting. Yeah. It worked out pretty good. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. Oh, wait I've a minute. I you know what I did that with you guys. See, I was drinking. Okay. <laughs> 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 oh shit. Yeah. Goddamn. Yeah. yeah I, your test, your, your test call. It sounds better than Jay. That's right. So you were doing that's something right. right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting that mic uh, here in a couple days uh, to upgrade. Now you got me feeling self-conscious about my mic, which I thought was good, and I realized it's only mediocre. Uh, the problem being, now you guys have me looking at like real audio equipment. Uh, Big Dalton uh, sent me a link to a, like a thousand dollar fucking condenser mic. I'm like, ooh, fuck, dude, no, get that away from me. <laughs> oh, the the Sennheiser, the yeah. uh, a the whatever four sixteen, the shotgun mic. That's yeah, like yeah. the industry standard mic. So like. When you see sitcoms and things like that, that's the shotgun mic they use. That's the the mic that a ton of voiceover talent uses. Like that is kind of the gold standard for voice outside of like the two to three thousand Neumann, you know, mics. Yeah, the Neumanns I heard about. Yeah, I started off light. I went with that uh, AKG P four twenty, primarily because it had like uh, you could do different. Uh, I don't know what the term is where. If, if I decided to use it for music I, and I'm standing around with a bunch of people, I can kind of record all around the room or you can you can focus it a little bit. So I started with that, just kind of an all-purpose mic. Um, oh, yeah, the different patterns, deal. like a different patterns, versus you, like yeah. an omnidirectional, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but I don't know. We'll see how this goes. I might uh, I might start, start up a little, little podcast where I'll let people come in and test their equipment, you know, people so people don't have to – be shy about joining other people's calls. I thought that'd be kind of interesting to see if people join in. Cause I was playing my guitar and ukulele and acoustic guitar over the interface to see how it sounded on the actual 
actual live shows. Mm. Uh, so if I do that, I'll let you guys know if you guys, uh, Jay, if you want to join one day where you don't have to be in front of a bunch of people testing your shit out. <laughs> I appreciate that. And I am also looking, I'm interested in that mic you're speaking about just because I've been trying to find something to record myself. Um, I play bass through my, basically my TV sound system. Uh, so I don't really have any way to hook into it to record it other than just the room noise. And the mics I have so far have not done a good job at that. Yeah, but you could probably do that with even che go cheaper route and do like an SM57, a Shure SM57, if, if you put it right up to the speaker. Oh, well, the thing being that the speaker is like a a, a, a sound bar and a, and a separate like 350-watt uh, subwoofer. So. Oh, that's right. You're doing the, uh, uh, the PlayStation. I got it. Right, right. So, yeah, so like, the trouble what, is like, yeah, that output of the music itself isn't going to be the highest quality, so... I mean, yes, having a good mic for that will, you know, increase it a little bit. Like, you're never going to have a super crisp sound just being, you know, you're you're relying on that for the actual sound output. Right, right. It sounds great. I mean, I'm really happy with the, my sound setup, uh, uh, but uh, being that I'm, I can't tap into the uh, audio other than, like, acoustically, so to speak, it's just going to inherently not sound great, I guess. Well, that, and yeah, it's it's also, you're not in a treated room, so you're going to get a bunch of of echo there that's going to muddy it up. Like there, there are lots of things you can do. Um, so part of what you're going to want to do uh, is, is take a look at some of your noise gate there. You're going to want to compress some things. Like the microphone that you do have coming, that Rode NT1A, like mm -hmm. that's going to be better than anything you've tried. So just kind of play with the placements on that. That does have a cardioid pattern, so it's mainly going to get anything in front of it as well as almost up to like a you know a ninety degree angle on both sides uh pretty pretty strong as far as the signal, but anything behind that microphone is gonna come back weaker well that's actually good because uh i have a, i'm gonna place it in such a uh, direction that it's facing my soundbar and subwoofer, but I will be behind it playing since I don't want it to pick up any of my actual physical bass sounds obviously yeah and you'll learn some of that like there's a bunch of, of good tutorials out there on some of the um actual you know daws that you'd be recording in so that'd be another thing you want to do because i think right now you're just recording it like from how are you recording it actually like from a webcam or or what's oh, no. your actual <clears throat> setup I was using that Marshall, um, that uh, USB mic. Uh, I, you know, that's what I found works most effectively. The, the Rode podcast, the podcaster, doesn't work at all, really. Um, uh, but the and even with the, and I've gotten okay sounds now that I figured out how to do it because the uh, the uh, MXL point zero zero six is what that model is. It's basically a Marshall USB mic. Uh, it is a car. It is a. Uh, Fuck, I'm going to condenser mic. And so it does have a, a pattern on it that I can point in the right direction. Uh, but the the, it, the sound that it records is re really, really weak, even when I turn the microphone up really high. Um, <clears throat> I mean, you can get okay sound on it, but it doesn't have uh, a lot of, what's what I'm looking for? For all, well, for example, uh, if I listen to one of those song, one of the songs I've recorded on it myself with my headphones on YouTube, I can hear the bass pretty clearly. But I've been told if you like listen to a YouTube video on your phone, you can't hear the fucking bass at all. Yeah, some of that's just gonna have to do with like how you're actually mixing this stuff. So 
I don't know what programs you're using or, or how you're really, really None at all. It, like from the computer's perspective, but none at all. I I'm using, I'm using a webcam that uh, with the webcams microphone turned off because it's a, it's a webcam that lets you use a different microphone if you want. So I'm recording the video using the webcam and the audio just, uh, straight from uh, the microphone with no mixing or editing or anything like that and then I just shoot it straight up to YouTube so it, it is as minimal effort as you could possibly think of yeah absolutely minimal effort so like the way I do it so if I'm going to actually record something I want to sound even halfway decent as far as like from a video perspective I'm running from an actual like camera and then I'm also recording like the audio separately on a good microphone and then I just kind of worry about my audio mix first to make sure everything sounds good. And then I'll just match it up to the video hmm. in like a Sony Vegas and export it that way. I wonder, um, so in my case, if, if I using the current equipment that I have, I wonder if I'd be able to do that. So I suppose what I would do is record the audio and video at the same time. Um, then... yeah, so the, the way that you actually do it, right, is... Mm -hmm. You're going to want to start and well, this depends on what you're using for. So I don't know what you're using for video editing. Like it's uh, really not, easy. Not at all. Sony <laughs> so I'm using Sony Vegas. Mm -hmm. So it's really easy in Sony Vegas just to essentially have two outputs that I'm doing. So I'm going to start out. I'm going to have like for my audio recordings, I use Reaper. I think you use Audacity. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I'll have that pulled up. And I will start that, and then I will start recording on my camera. I will clap, so there's a, a, a noticeable spike in the, uh, the wave pattern. Mm -hmm. And then I record everything. I go ahead and hit stop on the audio recording program. So in Reaper, I will turn off the camera. I'll pop the SD card out. I will import, import that video with its sound. I will just throw it into Sony Vegas. I will mute the sound from the camera because that's not the one I want to use. But I can still see the waveform. And I'm just going to match up the waveform from the uh, from Reaper. And then that basically syncs to, you know, like my natural lip movement. So then I have a professional audio track with a decent video track. And they're synced. Yeah. Sorry, speaking of my wife. Um, <laughs> see, I, so for me, I think it'd be something pretty similar. I would probably, uh, you know, record everything with my webcam and the and the microphone, then lift the audio from that using some program or another into Audacity, where I would do the compression, the editing on it, and then find a video program to reinsert the audio back into the video that I have recorded uh, using similar methods than what you're talking about, like clapping to get at the right audio point and all that good shit. You're going to be doing extra work there. Like you really should be at the time that you're doing it. You should be recording into like an audio only DAW. So you should you... be recording straight to audacity. <clears throat> oh, okay. For, I just wasn't sure if I could do that. So I can record straight audacity while, uh, while the webcam. Oh, I guess huh. you're, you're taught, you're, you're recording two different files. So you're right, going to that... record your webcam, which is going to be, you want set on your webcam mic. Like you're not going to be doing where you're using the uh, audio input from the actual good microphone. Mm. You're just going to let the webcam do its thing for the video portion. Okay, right. You're separately, essentially at that same time, 
doing a recording in Audacity for your microphone. Oh, okay. I see. I wasn't sure if you, you, you could do that. Okay. That, yeah, you're right. That would uh, remove several steps about what I was talking about. I just didn't know that was possible. Right. And then you just, you know, apply your mix and any sort of mastering you're going to do on the audio file, get that to where it sounds the way you want to sound it. And then drop into your video editing program and just sync the two, mute the video, mute the audio from the webcam and have the, the audio file that you prepared, you know, used for the, uh, for the video. Oops. Sorry. Hit the mic. Uh, Ooh, my wife just brought me food. Yay. Hey, I'm going to let you guys go. I'll be uh, in and out. All right, you guys. We're, we're just going to be nerding out on fucking audio equipment, audio apparently. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for calling, Dusha. We appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, brother. All right. Let's see. I, I am having a bad snack. I, I admit it. Uh, I had her make me a peanut butter sandwich. We need to get you, you know, actually following a diet, Jay. I know. Man, I'm hungry, I don't know though. How many days I have to say that? I know. But I was pretty good today. <laughs> We had steak again. Oh, it wasn't. It wasn't as good as the last time, though. It was the sirloin, and I knew as soon as I took the package out that I was going to have issues because it, it didn't. It said choice. I'm like, oh, oh well, choice sirloin. So it's a the medium cut of a medium. It's it's the medium level of a medium cut. And we were right. It was pretty chewy, but it, it tasted good, anyways. It's still fucking steak. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't it's better yeah, than pretty a good. goddamn peanut butter sandwich. Yeah, I, I had steak and rice. Which is what I had last time, steak and rice. The, it turns out uh, rice is pretty good if you, if you pour all the steak juices on it. It makes it a lot more flavorful. Can't well, speak. That's <laughs> one, well, that's one of the reasons that like in that actual diet, besides the point that it's actually good for you, that I have you adding chicken stock to essentially every meal is it's going to you know brighten up the taste of the rice. Right, brighten right. up the taste of the veggies a little bit. Yeah, I and made a mistake of buying. Your meat. I made a mistake of buying the unsalted uh, stock the first time. I'm like, oh well, that's, that wasn't good at all. <laughs> You'll learn. Yeah, no, I learned. <laughs> I, it wasn't even it wasn't a conscious choice. I just grabbed one. I didn't realize that they were as, that they had two different varieties until I got it home. I'm like, oh, un-. and at first I was like, oh, unsalted. Oh wait a minute, I guess that means there is a salted version. Otherwise, they wouldn't have an unsalted version. <laughs> They were just yeah, having exactly. a stock. <laughs> so, yeah, that didn't go good. But uh, I learned better. And it's, it is getting to seem, it does seem to be getting a little bit easier to find uh, meat around here, um, at least in certain cases. We, we uh, end up having to put some, one of the uh, things, a hamburger in the freezer, which I, I as I mentioned, I hate doing because I don't trust our freezer. And tomorrow we're going to be having hamburgers because uh, we're finally done with the steak. Well, that's not true. We do we have like two fully cooked steaks steaks in the fridge right now, <laughs> but my wife will probably tear those. May or may not tear those up. She has bad teeth, so uh, she wasn't able to eat much of the steak because of how chew it was. That's which is always a bummer. <laughs> yeah, you can't let good steak go to waste. Yeah, yeah, I'll, we'll, we'll figure out something to do with this. She was like, "I should get the blender out." I'm like, "Oh, you don't want to try to blend the steak. That's not going to go well for anybody." <laughs> yeah, that sounds fucking disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Well, when I say she has bad teeth, uh, they, she has, uh, they, she had, she had bad teeth. So they had to pull a couple of them. So she has like partials and, uh, which makes the chewing, uh, difficult for anything that's really hard. So she, she prefers her steak like medium rare, like the steak the other time was perfect. It's just, she can't re- chew really chewy stuff, you know? 
Oh, so he, she prefers her steak the way that steak is supposed to be prepared. Good for her. Exactly, yes. Which we which we both do. Uh, medium rare is what I shoot for. Rare is just a little, you know, um, medium starting. Once you hit medium, it's starting to get too chewy. And anything beyond that is basically not worth eating anymore. It's basically rare, you like blood. Medium rare is the proper way to cook a steak. Mm -hmm. Anything beyond that is fucking burnt and you deserve to... Just burn in hell. <laughs> well, you know, and then there's people that put uh, ketchup on their steaks too. So you never know. It takes all kinds. I just realized that peanut butter sandwich is a really, really poor choice of something to try to sneak in while we're having the show. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't seem to be a good idea either. Well, well, and yeah, I... ketchup on a fucking steak means you probably fuck animals. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I imagine so. <laughs> but since we're on the food topic, uh, while we're waiting for the uh, next bite to start, have you seen one of these um, Facebook memes that keep on rolling around there that say, I've never eaten a Popeye's chicken sandwich. Uh, I bet you can't repost this. And first off, yes, I can. I've never had a fucking Popeye's uh, chicken sandwich. But two... What do you think about the tremendously huge deal everyone made about Popeye's chicken sandwich? I I don't necessarily get it. Yes, it was probably a really good sandwich because Popeye's is the way to go for chicken. Mm -hmm. So, yes, their spicy chicken sandwich was probably fucking amazing. Like, you didn't need to, like, plan your life around it, though. It's still a fast food fucking chicken sandwich. Thank you. That was the exact point I was going to go to. People were like, people were like, oh, this this uh, Popeye's chicken sandwich is amazing. I'm like, no, it's fucking fast food. It's physically impossible for it to be amazing. It's gonna, it's fucking fast food. The best it's going to be is acceptable. Uh, I haven't I, had I, fast. I guarantee you it is really fucking good. I'll give you that much. Because like their spicy fucking tenders mm -hmm. are are great. So I'm yeah. sure if they transferred that over to a spicy chicken sandwich that, yes, that is probably the best spicy chicken sandwich you're going to get. Right, right. And I understand that. But, you know, to me, fast food has been barely edible for the last 10 or 15 years anyways. I, I very rarely get anything where I get above the, well, oh, that was okay uh, thing. So I have a very poor opinion of fast food. Uh, and But I guess... That's a kind of different type of fast food than like McDonald's Says the and Burger guy King. That loves red fucking lobster. Give me a break. That is not fast food. I can guarantee you that's not fast food. If you ever go there and try to order something, wait, how, see how long you wait. God damn, it's not fast food at all. <laughs> it's the sit down version of fast food. It's still well, like franchised bullshit. It's like saying, oh, yeah, like Olive Garden is the king of Italian. <laughs> I never made such statement. By the way, I did like our Olive Garden. I think I've only been there once or twice. Uh, I took my wife there for like our second anniversary or some shit like that. Um, and we Olive had a good Garden time. Is bullshit. Yeah, we had a good time. We we ordered stuff that it's kind of hard to screw up. Olive Garden gets by because all of their food is kind of hard to screw up. You know, um, as far as like you know, um, like a lasagna. That's a good example. Uh, lots of, the reason people don't enjoy a lot of different uh, restaurants uh, is because of stuff like, oh, the texture wasn't right or they didn't have this right. It's kind of hard to fuck that shit up. I'm assuming they're getting it all fucking pre-made from a factory. Um, 
I go by this. This is my opinion that I'm going by because of the fact that of all the microwave uh, dinners I've ever eaten, uh, the Italian ones were probably the best. You know, stuff like microwave spaghetti and meatballs or like a microwave lasagna or shit like that. Uh, of, of all the different genres of microwave food, it seems like those transfer the best to easy to prepare and all that good stuff. So I think yeah, that's what it is with Olive Garden. It's just that their microwave shit's, you know, better than other places microwave shit. No. Olive Garden is absolutely fucking terrible. They don't even know how to cook pasta. Well, like, that's what I'm assuming. I'm assuming food. they don't actually cook it. <laughs> well, so like fast food pasta. So there was a place, and I don't know if it was just in the Midwest. I know we don't don't have it out here, and I don't know where else it really is. But there was a fast food place called Fazoli's. They did pasta, and they had like unlimited breadsticks, kind of the same type of thing as Olive Garden, only it was like truly kind of like a fast food thing. But like they cooked their pasta correctly, and I'm sure everything came prepackaged and everything else. But like, for cheaper and it being fast food, it shit all over Olive Garden. Oh well, I'm certainly not going to. Uh, excuse me, <clears throat> I'm not going to defend Olive Garden. I've only eaten there twice, and I wasn't amazed. I just wasn't disappointed either. I was like, man, that was okay. Um, Although the best, I, so one of the best pasta things, and it's not really. I don't even really think it's not like a classic Italian thing, but there's also kind of this chain that's more like an Olive Garden. It's more like a sit down kind of chain. Uh, it's a place called Cheddar's, and they do what is called a spazagna. It's basically a lasagna, but instead of layered lasagna noodles, it's like this. It's this spaghetti that's basically baked with like a an Alfredo sauce with some like cheese on top. It is one of the most amazing things I think I've ever eaten. <laughs> Mind you, it's probably like 2,000 calories for fucking a slice of the shit, but God damn, it's good. <laughs> and you got to live, live a little sometimes. You know, it can't always be about the diet. Um, but God damn, why does it have to be the worst foods that are bad? You know, the worst foods that taste so good. Um, I've often... I have no interest in going to like a street carnival for the rides or for the games or anything like that. But one of my biggest temptations is like walking through a street carnival and you can smell like the, you know, the elephant ears and the, like the kibasa and all this really, really bad for you shit from the different food booths that all, and it's all so goddamn delicious. I don't know. Give me like a good cut of like bison or elk or something like that. And that tastes fucking amazing. And it's good for you. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. But, just because uh, bison tastes good, that doesn't mean like a, a uh, fried elephant ear doesn't taste good too. What the fuck is a fried elephant ear? Elephant ear? I don't know. It's just I think it's just a big piece of dough that they dip in cinnamon or some shit like that. Let me look that up. You never, right, fair enough. You've never had one of those? No, I've never even heard of that before. Wow, really? Wow. Hey, Maybe hey, they call uh, it somewhere else in the places I've been. I don't know. Right. Uh, hey, do, 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 do. So we got to remember after this fight, we're going to have to take our uh, first break of the evening to uh, to split up the files. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we're, we're getting pretty close to the three-hour limit. Um, yeah, so yeah. after this fight, like, um, so when we restart, you'll probably have to monologue for a minute or two because I think I'll probably go shit myself again like the, uh, the man that I am. <laughs> and then yeah, and... back into this. Right, right. And, uh, yeah, and I'll try to like shove food in my face. So folks, there might be a two to five minute delay between part one and part two. No, actually, no, I'm not gonna do that. I'm going to start it right back up. That's a poor idea. Um, but the, the, 
the first part of part two might be a little bit rocky. <laughs> uh, but to go back to our, our my earlier thing. Holy uh, shit, is this fight almost... Wow. Oh, no kidding. We might be taking an early break. <laughs> I don't. I can't even tell you who's who at the moment. Chukagian's on top. Shevchenko's on bottom. Oh. Well, I mean, if you go by how they're she ranked, that makes job. sense. She did a good job defending. Yep, she gave it up. Uh, mm -hmm. Going for it again. Oh. Uh, that's deep. That's over. That's done. Uh-oh. Well, she's damn. I'm rooting well, for. Imagine that Shevchenko is a game fighter that's tough as nails. Right. Well, that's who I'm rooting for because you know, I wonder uh, if it, you know, runs in the runs in the family there. Yeah. Oh, it's getting stretched out. I'm. So uh, it's not looking good for Antonina. No, I'm rooting for a Roxy beater. So obviously, I want her to look you know uh, do well. It gives more value to Roxy's win. You are such a uterine hugger. He certainly. <laughs> oh, what's my? I don't know what my dog's doing. It's, she's just sitting there looking at me. Uh, I, I think I worry too much about my dogs. <laughs> Probably you're kind of Come a, on. A paranoid, Jay. Yeah, yeah, I kind of am. Yeah, um, that wouldn't surprise me to have someone think that I do worry about shit probably way more than I need to. Uh, yeah. Come on! It just keeps getting, it just keeps working for that rear-naked choke. Mm. Shevchenko's done a great job at, of hand fighting there and not letting it truly get locked in. But goddamn, yeah, it's a yeah. She's had her in a bad position the entire fight so far, and it's it's still got another two and a half minutes. So I mean, if two and a half minutes is a long round, time. Like there is a there is a chance that Jukagian doesn't have a lot left for the last two rounds because she's she's been trying to torque on that probably expending quite a bit of energy this might yeah, get yeah. stopped from strikes yeah yeah like there's she's... not a lot of damage here but there's also not a, a great defense right yeah that's uh <clears throat> yeah she's uh gonna she's trying to roy nelson her you ever seen that rory talk about that he says he he uh, he really enjoyed getting fighters into a position where he wasn't you know like a crucifix or thing like that where he wasn't doing hardly any damage, but he, they couldn't defend it at all. So he gets fights stopped all the time like that. I guess he thought that it was a fun way to win the fight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's just Roy Nelson being kind of lazy. Yeah, yeah, he he just these little pink, 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 but the guy, but he'd gotten the guy in such a position that he there there wasn't a damn thing he could do to defend it. So, despite the fact he wasn't doing really any damage, uh, you know, the ref kind of felt like they had to stop it. Well, I mean, if you remember back in Ultimate Fighter, that's pretty much what he did to Kimbo. Yeah, yeah, he was, which was nice because he could have fucked Kimbo up pretty bad. Well, like, there's also the fact that Kimbo could have caught him. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he took a super he, the way he approached that fight. Yeah, he took it super easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which is uh, which is a shame because it would have been more interesting to see if uh, see Kimbo go farther in the UFC career, but uh, because you know, he lost right off the bat in the in the house, it really changed the tone of things. Well, yeah, I mean everybody knew he wasn't the greatest fighter. Like he was a street fighter that would throw hands basically with anyone, wasn't afraid of anyone. And he was a good dude on top of that. 
but right, yeah, right. Like it was like they, just... they pretty much set him up. You you have a a season of the Ultimate Fighter, and you bring in Roy Nelson, who is just the IFL champ. Like you could have brought him into the main card of a pay per view, but instead you stuck him on the Ultimate Fighter because Kimbo was there. Right, right, yeah, and uh, I, part of that was I think Dana White uh, not being a fan of Roy Nelson made him go through the Ultimate Fighter when he really shouldn't have. I, I don't yeah, think that I was. Don't, a... I don't know about that. I think part of it was that Nelson was put on that season to make Kimbo look like shit because Kimbo just came from fucking Strike Force slash Elite XC. Oh, you think that was a what? Well, yeah, I could see that. Uh, which is a shame because he was put in a position where he really shouldn't have been in. But it is what it is. And God, that was such a fun season. We got so many uh, different interesting people off there. And some some of them that I thought would do really well and just kind of faded. Uh, what was his name? Marcus something or another. He called himself the Darkness. You remember uh, him? Big Baby. Big Baby. Yeah, that guy was fucking huge and, in sh- and jacked. He looked like a, a fucking world beater. Well, that's because he played in the NFL. He was a super athlete. The problem was he was old, his knees were shot, and he wasn't exactly, you know, he wasn't exactly a mixed martial artist. No. You know. Like, he was big, and he liked the idea of, you know, getting a paycheck, but, like, he wasn't a fighter. No, no. Yeah, when we talk about people that you you can tell they don't like getting hit in the face, he was definitely one of them. Uh, once he, you know, the few fights that he was in before that, you know, he was the aggressor, and it's easy to enjoy fighting when you're beating the shit out of somebody. Uh, but the first time he hit adversity and stuff like that, uh, and I hate to say that because I'd probably be the same way. It looked like he realized that that this was not the sport for him. Well, yeah, he just he wasn't a fighter. That's the thing. He's not a fighter. Great athlete. Like had all the physical tools, he's not a fighter. Yeah, and I give I give Matt Matt Mitrione all the credit in the world. He act, he acted like a weirdo on purpose in that show, which I was not a big fan of. But uh, when the dark when Big Baby came up on him and started fucking freaking out on him because uh, uh, Mitrione had accidentally poked one of the other guys in the eye, I think, and he was a friend of Big Baby's. Uh, he just like freaked out on him. Oh, and his career. Da, 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 da. And Matt just stone faced just looked at him like, uh huh, mm hmm, okay whatever <laughs> i'm like dude dude that's pretty good man that's not a that's a scary guy to have really upset right in front of you yeah but that's the thing mitrione is also an incredible athlete like he doesn't necessarily look like it but another guy was an nfl caliber athlete comes into the sport like yeah he's not gonna back down like he he came from the land of the giants like yeah. you get into those kind of you know mix-ups like on the practice field and football all the time. Obviously, you have pads and shit on, so you're not just going to be hauling off, punching each other in the face. But like, you're an NFL level athlete. You're not going to back down to anyone on the planet. Mm. And while we weren't paying attention, uh, another takedown. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, that's kind of uh, kind of rough. Um. Yeah, man, I feel bad for her. She spent the entire first round on her back, and the second round exactly the same thing again. So uh, we found out where her weakness is, uh, which is not surprising because it's pretty much how Roxy beat her anyways. Although Roxy had a lot of success on his, on the feet that people weren't expecting. Yeah, Antonina is just the, yeah, she's definitely the, the lesser sibling. Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. Sorry, give me a second. Bye, my wife. I love you. Go. <laughs> yeah, some people are going to bed, apparently. I'm not one of them. Uh 
Yeah, yeah she's got gotta... three hours. Yeah, God, I hope it's only three hours. Oh <laughs> uh, shit! Yeah, well, she's got stuff to do in the morning. Being a nice person, she's gonna go help people out when I will be asleep. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm uh, sleeping until at least ten a.m. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, pr- I probably won't be able to sleep that long. My body makes me wake up, but I'll probably feel shitty about it the entire day. <laughs> Come on, chicks, finish this up. Uh, we only we only got nine more minutes, otherwise we're gonna have to cut it out mid fight. <laughs> yeah, we've got enough time. So there's two minutes left here, and if there's another round, that's another five minutes. That puts us at seven minutes. There's only oh, one that... minute break between rounds. So that's oh, eight yeah, minutes. Right. right, that's right. Yeah, so I, I forgot it was a five rounder. Yeah, there you go. That will work out great. I forgot it wasn't a five round fight. Dude, Why dude, would it dude. be a five-round fight? I don't know. I wasn't thinking. I just wasn't thinking. Because uh, we're because we're about to cut it out, and I was thinking, okay, that's the end of something, so it's got to be a five. I don't know. I'm dumb, dude. I'm, don't mind me. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, this fight. Uh, well, I mean, like, they had they had a little rankings. May have been a ten-eight. This this round might be a ten-eight. Like she needs to. She needs to be on her feet. <laughs> Look at the ground control time. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and she took it. Uh, she, uh, Chinugan had control of her for four and a half minutes of the first Shinu- fight. What? Chinugan? Jay, if, if we're going to be doing this, you know, every time there's a Saturday card, you really need to get comfortable with some of these names. Um, Chattanooga? Chuganian? Chuganian? I uh, the Chucky chick. Uh, she's she's actually had ground control for four and a half minutes of the first round and took a, and got a takedown thirty seconds into the second round. So basically, uh, she's been in control of the fight for five out of the six minutes. Assuming this one ends like it started. Yeah, this is this may end up getting stopped, but yeah, Chukagian definitely has been just mauling this entire fight. Yeah, and it's doing a ton of damage, but completely controlling and landing shots. Like she's never been in any trouble. No, and she and and to make it even worse, it's been full mount this entire time this round. So it's not like uh, you know there's been a lot of opportunities to escape or anything like that. But that's one of the things too is like, yes, she's winning this fight, but it's not a very impressive way of winning this fight you spend an entire round in full mount and you do not get a stoppage like what the fuck are you doing well part of it's not her fault there she's a woman uh and w- w- that just means that oh they they stop it you or is that the around pig no it just means oh it, it well that just means that she doesn't have the power to knock somebody out on the ground so while she's probably no, gotten some good can, shots in no but you can be active enough that you're forcing that ref to step in like if you have that dominant of a position and you just say super active, like more than likely they're going to end up stepping in. I guess, yeah, I guess I can understand that. But she's probably wanted to make sure she didn't lose position. Uh, see, that's a case where, like, if she was a heavyweight, that fight would have been over because the the few shots that she could safely felt like she could throw in occasionally while keeping them out would have fucked up the uh, person on the bottom, and that would have been the end of the fight. But unfortunately, she's not a heavyweight or a welterweight or or any of the uh, higher weight classes able to do that. So when she hits someone, it's a probably it's probably a good shot. But it has, does very little damage, and it doesn't have any chance of knocking the check out. So, well, yeah, just, if she if know. she was a two hundred and ten pound woman on top of a hundred and twenty five pound woman, I would hope <laughs> she'd stop it. 
Goddamn, you, you know what I mean. I mean, yeah, there, it does t- change the tone of the fights. And in certain cases, it probably changes the strategy because she probably knows she's not going to knock this chick out on the ground. So there's no point in like throwing a whole bunch of shots and to try to do so when she can safely win it this way. Tell that to the other Shevchenko. Yeah. would have stopped that fight probably in the first. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, she wouldn't have got taken down like that in the first place, so yeah. Um, well, no, I'm saying if she took someone down and had full mount oh, right oh, around, she's right. stopping that fight. Right, right, right. Different caliber of fighter, though. There's such a big uh, gap between first and second in that division. It's, it's just fucking silly. Well, technically, it'd be first and third since champion isn't number one. Oh, like there's champion. There's number one rank, number two rank. Oh, okay, I see. That's right. Who's in one? Who's the one who's number one ranked right now? I have no fucking clue. I don't even know who's in that division. Oh, anymore. You, that's um, JoJo. Zhang or whatever. No, it's JoJo. It's JoJo, really? JoJo, JoJo Kelly. Well, she's got the next title shot anyway, so I'm assuming that's who's ranked number two. How in the goddamn it, Jay? JoJo Calderwood. That's right, isn't it? There you go. Like that is a super easy name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if she's ranked number two, but she's got the next fight, so I would assume she is. I mean, ranked uh, number one, rather. Let's take a look. Valentina Shevchenko, women's flyweight. What? Number one, Jessica I. Oh, Jesus, really? That's stupid. That makes zero sense. And why Why isn't she? Isn't she fighting sometime soon, too? <laughs> so yeah, if she's, she's headlining that other card. Uh, versus somebody. Well, that's just dumb. How can a number one ranked per- person be fighting within a, re- a week or two of the champion and not fighting the champion? That's just dumb. Well, because the champion fucking decapitated her in their last fight. Oh, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true, I guess. There is something to be said to get, about giving someone else a uh, uh, a shot at it. And not that I mind. Uh, uh, JoJo is a really cool person. and She fights, uh, trains out of... Um, same place as Roxy now, which is helping her quite a bit. Uh, she's actually engaged to be married to the head coach of over at Syndicate, John Wood. Wait, who is? JoJo Calderwood. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah, she's she... not bad. Like, she has zero chance against Shevchenko, but, you know. <laughs> well, uh, one can hope. I, I You know, uh, the Syndicate gym over there in Las Vegas does have a, a pretty good reputation for... Uh, helping fighters reach the next level of their career. I mean, obviously, they've done wonders with Roxy, and they've had a couple other, couple few other fighters come out of there uh, way better than when they started. So, on the other hand, he he, he uh, co- helped coach uh, Cerrone in his last fight, and that didn't seem to go all that well. No, Cerrone, unfortunately, is to the point of his career that, like, you just want to make the right matchups for him. Like yeah. He's not really going to be the guy that is challenging for titles anymore. He's still, I mean, he's still a cowboy, but you just got to make the right matchups until he feels it's time to hang it up. Right, right. Now, yeah, and not to say that he didn't do, not to say that he did poorly against uh, Pettis when he fought him, but uh, I really expected a, a lot different version of Cerrone than what showed up. Yeah, you know, which is a shame because he's one of my favorite fighters. I'd, uh, you know, I've got the. Uh, I got to give the guy a lot of credit for wanting to fight basically every two weeks, <laughs> but you are right. He has to be a little more judicious in his choices on who he's going to fight now. Well, it's less on that. And that's, it's up to UFC matchmaking. Like they have to understand what they have now. 
Like Cerrone, you could tell him, hey, we want you to fight fucking Stipe next week. And he'd be like, okay, I'm in. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, and it's never going to be on his side to dictate like who he's fighting. Like they just need to, to give him the right offers. Right. It's like we were speaking about earlier. Uh, sometimes you cannot let the fighter make the decisions uh, because they're not going to go in their own best interest. Uh, that's why they're fighters. Um, but And once again, you can only do so much. Uh, he's a grown boy. He's going to do what he wants to do. Right. Right. All right, right, we're going to go right down to the, uh, to the wire here. we got 30 seconds left in the fight. Oh, and we uh, have probably about 40 seconds left of the uh, three-hour block. Right. All right. Well, oh, Jesus Christ, we're going to lose. Oh, well, I haven't. Supposedly, we've got uh, 30 seconds, guys. So if we uh, drop uh, off here, uh, I will restart the feed and get us going here. Um, we're trying to make it to the end of this fight. <laughs> it's going to be down to the wire, really. So, uh, and let's see, the fight's got eight seconds, and supposedly our uh, show has 15 seconds before it makes us end. So, guys. Uh, right. there, nope, there's the there's the round. Chukagian wins. Uh it's going to be a unanimous decision. All right, let's meet back uh, for the next piece here. Like I said, I'll be a couple minutes late, but I will be there. Excellent. All right, I will see you guys in just a second. Uh, uh, restart the stream. Uh, hopefully, you guys can all...